everybody. Welcome back to the Peripheral Views podcast. We are back to finish what we started. I'm your host, uh, Jake, tonight. Errol's my co-host. What's going on, Errol? How are we doing tonight? Very good, very good. We got another one. Uh, this is not a new one. We're going to finish up what we started with uh, Lupe Fiasco's The Cool um, the way we're going to roll this one out, uh, we're just going to pick up right where we left off in the, uh, in the, in the podcast, we got about five or six songs into the record itself, um, into Lupe Fiasco's The Cool from 2007. Um, it's going to remain as the second entry of our, uh, of our music series, um, just because it's, it's, it's just a two-parter. We'll just break it into two parts, um, for your listener digestion. Um, this will be our 11th overall episode for the podcast. Um, hope you guys have enjoyed what you've heard so far. If this is one of your first episodes, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, please feel free to go back and listen to the previous episodes. Um, we've got a nice little catalog building, getting pretty happy with our little library of podcasts we've done so far. Um, got a few films out there we talked about, a couple albums, a couple uh, biographies, and a ranking show. So we've we've kept things diverse, and we're going to continue to do that. But as we had mentioned in the previous podcast, I just wanted to touch on this before we get rolling. Um, we are basically going to take a, a, a little bit of a um, short time off. We'll say about three to four weeks off. Uh, we just want to spend a little bit of time developing. We have a special project that we're going to be working on. Podcast related, it will be a content uh, piece. Uh, we're working on building that up. We're gonna have it. We're gonna come back with a uh, film episode. Uh, I think it's gonna be a film episode. We haven't totally ironed that out yet, but in all likelihood, we'll be back probably the second week of September with a film episode. And it is there that we will announce the uh, special project, and then we'll do our recording on that shortly thereafter. Um, but in the meantime, you're gonna if, if if you guys are jumping in here at this point. Um, Again, thank you for joining us. Keep tabs on our social media accounts. Um, I say accounts. We really only have Twitter um, or X at this point. Um, but keep keep an eye out there. We're gonna. I'm gonna be announcing a few things on there as we get rolling with some of the other development plans, such as other social media um, pages. Uh, the website is gonna be up probably in the next few weeks, somewhere in that time period that we're off. Um, we're probably going to be on YouTube. Uh, just a bunch of different announcements. You just want to keep your uh, keep your eyes peeled for on that Twitter page um, as they roll out. So that being said, um, here are the spots that you can check some of those announcements out and look for our previous content, including this one. Um, on Twitter, we are at peripheralv123. I got to get better about saying X. It's X now, right? I mean, this is this is just where we're I at. I think it's technically X, yeah. It's X. I mean, it just is. He. It's a weird strategy elon went with to uh roll this out as like it's a bold strategy elon we'll see how it plays out we'll see how it plays out musk zuck's got your number he's gonna choke your ass out dude yeah he's gonna that's (laughs) what i I think i I think zuck's taking that right they're not fighting man they're not gonna fight no elon called him back out he said challenge accepted you've already backed out today like like a couple hours okay Okay, so yeah, because the last thing I read, it sounded like he's a little wishy-washy. I don't think it's ever gonna happen. It's fucking stupid in the first place. It sounds like to me, I feel like Zuck is uh, a. He's like he actually respects the fight game a little bit more. Clearly, he wants to fight outside of this. He's like, I don't care whether you fight or not. I'm going to fight. He's not Who, fighting. Zuck or Elon. Yes, 
Mark Zuckerberg. Oh is, yeah, no, no, no. He's he's, to... he's, but he's also. I thought you meant like no, like he's 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 not interested in like doing anything other than something sanctioned by the UFC. Um, he but he's willing to fight someone. Like he actually wants right. to professionally fight, or at he's least am, maybe it's amateur. But Musk is Elon better be worried, bro. He's so, Zuck's younger and definitely been training longer. But he's like, you're about to see why they uh, have weight classes. Yeah, if you could jog two miles. Bro, you walk in there flabbing it up like like you've been. Zuck's going to – he's going to take you back and he's going to choke your ass out. So here's the happen. last thing. Here's the last thing i seen from Mark Zuckerberg. He said, um, I think we can all agree Elon isn't serious and it's time to move on. Yeah. If- I've offered a real date. Dana White offered to make this a legit competition for charity. Elon won't confirm a date, then says he needs surgery, and now he has to do a practice round in my backyard instead. If Elon ever gets serious about a real date and event or an official event, he knows how to reach me. Otherwise, time to move on. I'm going to focus on competing with people who take the sport seriously. Yeah, I mean that's what he said, and then Elon Elon did reply and was like, "Challenge accepted." And then he said Fuck, some kind of smack. He's gonna keep him just milking this so people use his website. I'm getting sick of that, bro. Fight him in the Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, they were talking about doing that. I guess that was like in talks, but now like fight him, like you know, choose your loadout. Like I want to. I like that. I like that because it's like a mark of like two. Uh, like it's a what's the word? It's like um. It's like the meeting of two histories of two, like the modern history. Oh, so and you want to know history. You want to know why I like it because it's like the reverse of the ancient times. Like when it was used, <laughs> you would take the poor people and you would put them in there for spectacle. Oh, now you're putting the billionaire. Oh, and now yeah, it's the brilliant. spectacle of it is having oh, the billionaires yeah, in there because so it's right. such a big event that you're it's so like right. we're, we're watching the rich do it as the, the richest of the. And they're rich, gonna cause... get. They're gonna just make money from it no matter what. Like Mark but it's Zuckerberg. also the, it's also the mark of the times because like the billionaires are like the like the the working class is actually the the true fighters like they're the people that are like they're well, the backbone of like you want to know what it is and the billionaires like a, are like meek like the people who's the people who have reached certain like wealth statuses are typically mm-hmm. like they're physically not like inept like they're not well, physically you know dominating if you're to ask me like a like it's almost like they're like spitting in our face. Yeah, like it it's a real, of... it's a real let them eat cake moment because they're gonna have money no matter what. Whether someone yeah. gets embarrassed, like you know, Zuckerberg could punch Elon Musk and he could shit himself, but he's still like a billionaire. Yeah, it doesn't matter what happens. Like his life is still great. Elon like, Musk could well, like hit actually, him with I'll... a Jim Carrey. I'll make the argument though out. that like wealth does not equate. Like like I don't envy either one of them. I don't want their riches. I wouldn't want their life at all. Their life is not appealing. For me personally, I know there are probably people in like less fortunate positions than, than myself that probably would, you know, find that comment to be a little bit snarky. But like, I, I think that's a I've really been, healthy. I've been I poor before really, and I didn't want it then either. I think that's a really healthy, um, healthy, uh, like, uh, healthy view mentality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but anyway, so like that fight's not going to happen. But anyway, we'll move on from that. So at X, I guess, um, dude, if that happens, we'll commentate it, bro. We'll... Oh, we should yeah. live stream it. Yeah, yeah. let's do like a oh, fucking yeah. uh, what is it called? A companion piece, a, a fight companion. Yeah, um, absolute least we could do. Sure, sure, I'd do it. I mean, we'll I'd do we'll do a breakdown on the fighters. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then just no there, resume. You know I mean? <laughs> it's like two seconds. 
It's just, well, no, not their like fighting skills, but just like you oh, know. their careers. Jesus, yeah, just literal it's careers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, well, it's got nothing them, to do with their fights, but just give them the just give them the raw meat. So Elon had a company. It was forced into a leverage buyout back in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> it's got nothing. Well, do you to do. think that's going to help him for this fight here? Do you think that that? How do you think he's going to leverage advantage? How do you think he's going to leverage that buyout against his? Uh, against he's his got brother? an excellent ground game. Ground game. If this fight makes its way to the, you never notice that Joe Rogan and the commentator, commentator booth, like he's always just yelling, always yelling. <laughs> I know it's loud in those arenas, but. He's good. He's good at he's good at his job. Anyway, so on X we are at peripheral v one two three on uh, SoundCloud SoundCloud SoundCloud.com forward slash peripheral views one two three. Um, if you're checking us out on one of those locations, please uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and uh, please hit the notification bell so whenever we do start dropping out the new uh, the new content, you're going to be notified. Um, and most importantly, if you get a chance, please leave us a rating and review because that gives us good feedback for not only Errol and I, but for the uh, streaming platforms there in which we are in. Um, all that being said, uh, check out part one of this podcast um, before you dive into this one because we are, I mean, you actually, because we're going track for track, it's okay to jump into part two without having heard part one, but there was a lot of backstory on the artist that we dove into in that first episode. So, Feel free to slip on back to the part one of this episode um, before diving into this one or after if you if it suits you. Um, but uh, this is part two of Lupe Fiasco's The Cool. Um, Errol, what do you think? Should we just dive right and pick up where we left off? Where did we leave off? We left off um, talking yeah. about Superstar. We were at track number five. Uh, let's play a little bit of that. We'll do a quick little sample, 30 seconds of the track Superstar, and we will finish that one out. So, that being said, here's Luke Avia. Yeah. Chauffeur, come and take me away Cause I've been standing in this line for like five whole days Me and security ain't getting along And when I got to the front, they told me all of the tickets were gone So just take me home where the mood is mellow And the roses are thrown, M&Ms are yellow And the light bulbs around my mirror don't flicker Everybody gets a nice autograph picture One for you and one for your sister okay, Who had to work tonight, star, but uh, Errol, I can't honestly remember exactly where we left off in terms of uh, the lyrical content on that track, but uh, I'm going to leave it to you to kind of dive us, you know, pull us back to where we were. Where where do we leave off exactly? So the last thing we were talking about was um, how he is uh, in that purgatory. So first he's mm, okay. uh, standing in line waiting for heaven or like, you know, uh, like he's a uh, he yeah, standing standing in heaven waiting for God to come and get me, but he's too uncouth. And he's um, using a metaphor for like a purgatory being like a, a nightclub. Right, right. Um, so then uh in verse two, he's like, You better wear your shades. So shades on top of just being glasses, like shades are uh the people who inhabit like purgatory. Hmm. Like you're well, they're you're also shade. just trying to shy away from the light of hell, like the fire right. of hell. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's like the spotlight, and that's where he starts uh, talking about hell. Where he's like the spotlights here could burn holes through the stage, uh, down through the basement, past the Indian graves, and then yeah, this is where he's falling down. into hell. Like this is like he's like, oh no, like I'm, it's gonna be bad. And then yeah. like through the dino or where the dinosaurs laid, and then out through China because he you know dug through the earth and then he did yeah it's such throw, a great line you know, to dig all the way to China <laughs> yeah like when you're that's like a sandbox theory when you were a kid yeah if you kept digging you just hit you but like you know it turns out you would I'm just, digging uh, all the way to China it would just start getting hot and you would die yeah yep or it just collapse yeah but yeah so when I, he uh, it's a beautiful so, metaphor that he uses for this song too. Cause I actually do, I think this is one of like, I know this, it, this was a pretty big radio hit, but I actually think this is a very like deep song in a lot of ways. It's, it's actually talks, yeah. it talks a lot about like the darkness of being famous. Oh yeah. And then, um, yeah. So as he's going, he goes out through China and then he, uh, nearly misses the airlines. Um, and then magnified times five, um, you know, so you uh, zoom out five times because he's still going. Mm-hmm. So like you zoom out and then he ricochets off the moon and then boom, he comes right back down to Earth. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, this this whole song, I think like on a just on a, like an outside perspective, like a, 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 from from afar looking at this song, this is just a continuation of Lupe being like. As an artist, very, very unwilling to conform. To like the norms right. of of superstardom and of like hip hop culture and more so of just popular mainstream artists in terms of like American music, like he's just not like I think I mentioned this in the previous podcast and this song like really attests to this like this is he's unwilling to to be put in a box publicly. And we actually um we actually social. did we were we were a bit further ahead in uh the previous one because I remember we did talk about how uh like the government like the governor called and he told him to wait, unstrap him from the chair and put him back in his cage. Um, Because uh, everyone wants that to happen, but like when that happens, uh, the audience, they're not phased. They're not going to clap and they're not going to praise. They want. Yeah. He's talking about, is that, and this is my interpretation and you tell me if you landed in the same, in the same space. Um, Like basically a public. So like he's referring to like, being a prisoner to suit to superstardom and then and then ha- and then when you're when you're that famous that the basically society or the general public views you as uh you know as self self-destructive in the metaphor of like the death chair like the, the um uh they just electric want to chair see, they want to a, they want to see a public execution they like, want of to yourself you, they want to see you fizzle out Right. And then, but he's saying, unstrap him from the chair, put him back in his cage as though, um, uh, he, he's saying the cage is, is representation of his, like the, the prison of super, of superstardom that he feels now that he's famous. Right. And also, um, so there, there's that, but also you could almost say the opposite, like, cause there, there are, is the dichotomy of like some people um they don't want it to fade they want it to grow and like they they want it to stay like they're hoping that um that like you can use whatever you have to like make it better but like uh either way if you do that whether you uh fizzle out or you grow the audience they're not going to be phased they're not going to clap they're not going to well it's so true 
they just move on. Like anytime there's right. a celebrity death, like that's that's actually true. And I, I use celebrity death as an extreme example, but like even like even the super, the people who become really famous, the lightning rods of like uh, Western pop culture, mm-hmm. like they exist in a time capsule in a lot of ways because then all of a sudden they just disappear. And when they do, like nobody stops to remember them. Like right. there and, was. Um artists that have just gone come and gone one he i think he's referring a lot to like one hit wonders specifically those careers that right. just come and go yeah and then at the end of the day um they are at the end of the day the audience they're like shades like they're they're not fate and so that the shades like going back to purgatory when you are like going through the river sticks there's just a bunch of people who are also in purgatory who are just looking at you the, oh, all they're right. doing is looking yeah. at you and judging. So I'm the observing, audience, they're right. not phased. They're not going to clap. They're not going to praise. Yeah. They're just they want everything it. back that they've paid. All their sins. They want, like, everything mm. back. Like, ev- like, you know, their life, their everything, they regret it. And, uh, like, you know, they've just been waiting since 10 to see, like, your light dim out, too. Like, they're like, dude, yeah. this happened to me. Like, I did. Like, you're going down the same path. Yeah, he's a, he, this is actually, it is a very dark song. It's like, and then it's super I didn't dark. even realize like uh, so like let's say he's going down the river sticks and then he's looking at them they're not going to clap they're not going to praise and then the next line after in verse three he goes so sh- chauffeur chauffeur come take me away uh you're with a uh, charin like the chauffeur of the river sticks like you're like yo oh, get me right, out of here right, right. you're like yo like dude get me out of here like I gotta go because I've been waiting here for like ever. And like me and yeah. security ain't getting along, so like the archangels up top, like you're, he's like, yo, like let me, and they're like, nah, dude, or like the person at the heaven's gates, me and security, the guy at the gates, and then the dude down low because he's like, yo, I don't belong here either, and like, nah, you don't, and he's like, dude, what's going on? So he's not getting along with them, and then when he got to the front, they said all the tickets were gone, so that's like a going back to like heaven. He's like, I finally make it to the gate after like getting judged, and they're like, ah, we can't do anything for you, like no one can do anything, so he's doomed to wander. And then he wants mm. to go back home. He wants to go back to not being famous. Yeah, well, d- like he's even, saying, like t- where the mood is mellow and the roses are thrown, M and M's are yellow. So, well, so not even like not even well. So I would say, yeah, like yeah, I would say pre-fame because he wants to go back to like a simpler time, like a like right before everything got so chaotic. Um, so uh, like yeah, where the mood is mellow, uh, the roses are thrown, where people are gonna love you no matter what, just for like showing up. They're like, dude, like you're like a hometown hero. Like you know what I mean? See, They're gonna throw. Um, see the, M&Ms. the M&Ms, No, the M M&M and M line. I want to. I want to touch on that because I actually think Rap Genius kind of missed this one. Um, and I think I actually have the the true answer. So like, if you don't, I I do. Well, let's see. I'm gonna drop mine, and you tell me where you landed. So when he says this is how it make this is how it's what verifies it to me that he's referring to like his pre fame life. Is that like so? Eddie Van Halen was like notorious. Um, yes, for, that's what I was gonna say. Right, he would. That's he would what I was gonna it. say. It's the yeah. M&Ms. He took the all the brown ones out. He he only wanted brown ones. He didn't want any of the other colors. So he would make like an assistant because he was so famous he could afford to like make somebody do this. Um, or like and then maybe it's not even the money. It was just the power of being that famous. He would make an assistant come and take all and only provide him with like specific color M and M. Do like, you know? Brown and green. Do you know? Do you know the reason for that? Uh, why he chose that? Why Eddie yes. Van Halen did that? Was it Eddie yes. Van Halen, by the way? Or am yes, I it is Van Halen. Wrong? It is okay. Van Halen. Okay. You want to know the reason for that? Because it wasn't just arbitrary. I promise you it wasn't arbitrary. 
He didn't just do that just to make someone dig through the M&Ms and just snap because they didn't have brown M&Ms. Um, what it was is so in the uh, in the ledger when he is like, if we are going to host a show here, you need to have this, 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 and that. The main things being the sound technique, like the sound stuff. Um, we we require this kind of thing, like this stuff for the sound, this stuff for the lights. It needs to be this big of a venue because we're going to bring that that much amount of people. We need to have this big of a stage so we can fit everything and we can run around and do stuff. And like more importantly, like the audio needs to be set to these specs. What he did is in those audio specs, arbitrarily he wrote, all the M&Ms need to be brown. And if they saw them, they were like, oh, they weren't. If he, he could shit. walk into the room and then if the M&Ms were because it would say bring M&Ms and then in the audio specs. Need another sound check the, because these, yeah, they didn't do their job. Yeah, he would just snap because he'd be like, you guys didn't read the stuff. And he'd be like, what do you mean? We brought the M&Ms because he would slam the M&Ms and he'd be like, it's about the M&Ms. We, we brought them, though. I read the thing. He's like, no, oh, that's so smart, stuff. actually. It's actually really right. smart. So so what he's saying is like, yeah, the M&Ms are yellow. Um so maybe he's, maybe he's not referring to that, but I actually think he still no, is. No, he like, is. No, he no. You're right. He is. So the M and M's are yellow. It's where they like cater to his every whim. He knows that the sound is going to be nice and stuff. He knows that everything's going to be chill. Well, it's the, not that. It's more. He might not know the backstory of that when he wrote that lyric. And I think there's that absolutely most, no way that that man didn't know that backstory. He, uh, that backstory might not have been public at the time he wrote this song because the uh, the article I just read is from like 2014. This album he must have wrote the song in like 2005. This one, it's not saying it's his fault. I'm just I know, saying because I've I've heard the that Eminem, before. the Eminem, but the Eminem thing about Van Halen was always attached to Eddie Van Halen's just just that like vein with his celebrity. Like it's always been like, oh, he, you know, celebrities. They this is these are the things that extremely rich and powerful people worry about are the arbitrary nonsense and what a ridiculous request. So like I'm I'm not saying it, it sounds like there's a pretty good reason and from what I read that is actually a really smart thing to do. But like when Lupe wrote the lyric he might not have been well, privy to that information well, yet. Yeah so if he wasn't then at the very least then he means so everything's perfect. Right. Right. And yeah. as designed. Well and I, yeah but I, it could be but it also could mean like I want to go back to where it doesn't matter. Like the M and M's are also yellow. Like it doesn't matter what because. But then again, he's he's saying yellow, and it looks like Eddie Van Halen wanted the brown ones gone. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you are. Right. Well, do you think Lupe is ever going to say a lyric where he wants the brown ones gone? Come on, that's a good point. Maybe he just <laughs> yeah. He just wanted to make the M and M reference. You might be yeah. Maybe it's true. It's true. And then obviously, then there's like the tie to like the you know M and M the artist as well, but. Um, all right, what do you say we move on to the next track? Oh, uh, yeah, because that's about it. That's the third. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the third there verse. might be a so. little bit after uh, Eminem. There's a couple. I mean, we're not going to hit everything, and this is just the truth yeah. about this dude. This dude is, is very tough to – he's he's tough to, like, really – Everyone loves him, and he just wants to go back. And then, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like, – the trope of the, of the song, largely speaking, is basically that – um, he's conflicted with his fame and like, it sounds like he just, he's just not a fan. <laughs> no pun intended. Right. All right. <laughs> next track, moving into the next track we're doing. Uh, this one is called Paris Tokyo. I know, I know, but I gotta get up out of here. You know, I gotta go pay these bills. I got a show to do, you know, one time for your mom. Let's go to sleep Paris. Wake up. I love her, and 
I hate to leave her lonely Ring ring went the iPhone, it was my homie He said let's hit Japan, if we can make them jam We can make a hundred grand, spend it in the south of France Nothing further, I jump, grab my Goyard trunk Got ready to walk it out like Unk in my John Lennon Chucks That's when I heard murder, you're killing me and filling me with sorrow Sunrise, goodbyes, and miss That was Paris, Tokyo, if you ask was the cool Errol, uh, this track is probably the, like, um, instru instrumentally, it's probably one of my favorites on the album. Actually, I think it is my single favorite in terms of instrumentals. It's uh, very laid back. It's got a lot of, there's, like, jazz fusion in there. It's um, it's actually, I'm going to hit you with this right off the top. It actually is a, it's derived from the uh, What Up Doe Sessions 1996 from Jay Dilla. Uh, and I went back and listened to the to that um the original instrumental called believe it from jay dilla and it is fucking excellent i actually i got stuck because every time i go to jay dilla um if i if i do any jay dilla i'm just like trapped in him like every time i hear any of his instrument instrumentals i just get stuck so i ended up actually listening to the whole mix, mixtape tonight um which was a good time because it's excellent um but great instrumental super laid back Errol, hit me with some lyrical uh, breakdown what you got uh yeah one moment um that's actually a sample of something else too yeah there's another one in there it's mixed with that but it's most like the core of it is the jay dilla track uh believe. yeah like he that's like jay dilla samples a sample and uh early yeah well of course i mean dilla was like the original um artist to like really master like he was like the kanye before kanye and right. um personally he's like my favorite hip-hop figure of all time like like just overall, I think he, I think he contributed to to rap music in a way that like you can't even say Lupe did because Lupe has a niche in his own like thing, whereas Jay Dilla is like, in my opinion, he's like the reason Kanye is who he is, and obviously inspired you know, so many people. Oh my god! Like it's just it's just never ending. Like you know, if so you just, here's the thing: it's like there's a uh, there's a Van diagram, and it's like if you like hip hop, like you'd like Jay Dilla. Like, like yeah, you gotta. Like, yeah, he's so you, fucking yeah, good. Yeah, it's yeah, so crazy. Yeah. He has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of instrumentals in his uh, albums. I mean, we're talking like five, six hundred tracks that you can you can go through and listen, and you'll hear shit that you're just like, oh, I didn't know this is where this came from. And it was like, this dude was just, he was a genius. He was an actual, like, instrument instrumental genius and sampling genius, like, kind of like how Kanye is, but, like, I don't, who knows if you even get Kanye without Jay Dilla. So, big shout-out to Jay Dilla. He, unfortunately, passed in 2006, so that's a, a massive loss. Massive loss to the hip-hop community. Yeah, big-time R.I.P. Not, not a good... Uh, not a good thing to to not have him around, but um, his instrumentation lives on and in, in this song for sure. Um, Errol, this one's, I mean, this one's pretty straightforward, right? This is basically just, yeah. this dude just got caught up in the touring life and he, and he, he missed his girl. So, so here's the thing. I think this is um, like, I believe all these songs are loosely related to Michael Young. Um, sure. This would be Michael talking to the, his baby mom. Okay. And he's I like, hadn't considered he's like, that, but yeah. Right. He's like, I know, I know, but I got to get up out of here, you know? I got to pay these bills. I got a show to do, you know? And then he, he says, with one that time. He goes, one time for your, yeah. That's the Nas. Well, actually, well, I mean, that's what I, I always heard. Of. I always heard it as one time for your mom. Maybe. As he was talking to uh, the. Oh, it's actually Lord Finesse. So that's the other sample. Sorry, this is the other sample that that's with the uh, track San Juan Sunset. You more Diodados. 
uh, mm, San, San Juan Sunset. That's that's yep, the other sample of the track. So that's actually right there. Um, no, I could see that. I th- I actually think this is from Lupe because he's done a couple of interviews that I read about this where he was basically just like he kind of had to fall. He hated he liked touring a lot, but then all of a sudden he was like missing his people back home. His like mm-hmm. siblings and his I think he had a, a love interest at the time. Might even might be the same girl that he's with now. I don't know. Um, but he basically was saying in interviews that like he kind of got the touring wouldn't stop because he got so famous from food and liquor that like he had to tour like year round after that. And he's making obviously making pretty good money doing so. So he had to do it. And um it sounded like he like kind of he was quoted as saying something along the lines of I'll paraphrase it. Um that he kind of had to force himself to fall in love with the touring by mm-hmm. fault by like paying attention to the cities and cultures that he was touring in. And he he did a worldwide tour, so he saw a lot. And um, okay. this song is this song. I I I just think this song is more straightforward than that. Uh, ooh, I was going to say maybe he's referring to fall in love in Chicago. Um, Let's go to sleep in Paris, wake up in Tokyo, have a dream in New Orleans, fall in love in Chicago, wherever I go, she goes. You wonder if maybe there's something to the city selection in the chorus. Uh, I think these are just his favorite cities, though, in all honesty. Yeah, I think it's just a really nice, like, um, like traveling around the world. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a, mm-hmm. just like a sweet, like, oh, like, we can go to Paris, we can wake up in Tokyo, like... um have a dream yeah. then like go back to the states in new orleans and then like meet right back up in chicago like where i'm from well i think that he couldn't take his family or his girl with him um on this on these tours so it was like a it was like a song he wanted to write to some to to his the people he cared about to say that like no matter where i'm at like you're with me in like spirit yeah and he'll be back in no time yeah I mean, it's a great track. It's like a, it's probably the catchiest track on it because it's got like the. It, I would say it's got like the catchiest hook. It's my it's my brother's favorite song from the track, and it's like up there as mine too. Do you know what's um, weird is I've actually known that for like ten years that it was Ty's favorite track. You told me that, yeah, yeah you told me that many times that like that he just loves this song, and I actually remembered that. Yeah, no, it's a hot track too. It is uh, Ty, too, man. Ty likes a lot of um, like as you would. Uh, describe it as like mumble rap yeah it's not really like that though this song this is like not this sounds like erica badu but that's know? the thing so he knew about it at the time like it's as like stuff progresses so it's like you know you gotta gotta be yeah. hit or you gotta be square yeah well huey lewis was huey lewis was neither <laughs> it was it used to it used to be hip to be square for like a little bit yeah, even and even in that time, Huey Lewis was neither. Like even he was, uh, he was teetering, he was teetering the line with that yeah, song. I, I'll say that I'll give him that much credit. That's pretty. That's good for him good. for not that's being good. square for a moment. But he's mm, not mm, anymore. Hip, hip, no. Who? That's a no. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> but yeah, so me, um, so like first good track. One, Oh yeah, I was gonna say first one. He just starts like talking to her. He's like, uh, or like he's or talking about her. Um, he's like, hey, I hate to leave a lonely, lonely ring, ring with the iPhone. It was a homie. He said, let's hit Japan, and I believe that's big O. He's like, yo, if we do this, we can do that, and then spend it in the south of France. Uh, right, right, right. Uh, and then the oh, of course he's always just talking about deshita, deshita, or maybe au revoir. 
Uh, he pronounces it perfect, but like that's that's literally that's literally Paris this, and Tokyo. French day. and French and Japanese. Dang. Goodbye until we meet again. Um yeah, that's no, that's crazy. I don't I don't I'm not traveled enough to like speak Japanese or I could say au revoir. That's about it. Yeah, au revoir is pretty obvious, but I would if you had told me I'd have I had to look it up to know that Atsukara sama Deshita, um, that to know that, that that means goodbye or um, it actually looks like it's. Let me. I'll hold on. It says uh, it's Japanese greeting. It's a Japanese greeting that is said upon leaving school, work, or other places. So it's you know like it's it's like a goodbye song. It's like a goodbye, see you later song. But like, but you're also with me in 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 my absence or in your absence. It's a sweet song. It's not, it's not, this is actually one of the songs that's not like so like entrenched in like, you don't have to peel a million layers back well, to it. So there is some it. deep stuff to it too. Like uh, my favorite lyric in the whole thing, he, uh, he's like, um, he's like, uh, I turned to see my dream love supreme queen meanest thing on the scene cry. I dropped my bags in a flash that's faster than 180 on the dash shirt to dry her tears and wipe the rain from my dear like dasher. So going back up or like going down up, uh, wipe the rain from my deer like Dasher. Like that was the, the... <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah, like yeah, the, rain, the, the reindeer. Uh, yeah, like Dasher Dancer Prancer. He like, literally like, says reindeer. "rain from my dear yeah. reindeer." Right, like Dasher, and he was dashing because he was had one one eighty on the dashboard, so he was zooming there. Or he says dash shirt, but I hear dashboard, but shirt to dry your tears, like a tie-in. Right. Um. But that's uh, not necessarily having to go like too much up. Like when he drops his bag in a flash, he's just like uh, he just drops it as quick as he like zips to her. Like he sees her, then he's like boom, runs over, uh, and then like dries her tears. But then goes yeah. down to like uh, I guess uh, Ivan Ivan Jasper is a designer plane. So like yeah, there's a lot of that. He interwoves like a lot of like fashion in this one, like even his yeah, own clothing and, brand he refers to, I believe, which is at the first. I think it's like one of the first lines. No, maybe not this one. It might be one of the next yeah, one. And uh, got like Ivan the goyard trunk and the John Lennon Chucks. Rap genius is saying Ivan Jasper is a barber, but I don't. I wouldn't. I don't know. Oh, we're terrible at this. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. All right, well, we'll move on from this one because, like I said, this one didn't have a ton to dive into in terms of lyrical content. But it is, it is his if, bar- it is his barber. Oh, it's his barber. Okay, perfect. Well, either way, I mean, the track is very like um, straightforward in terms of lyrical content, as straightforward as Lupe gets. We'll say maybe not in terms of just general lyricism, but it's a great track. And if you like the sample that you heard, go go give it a listen. It's something, bro. You you could cook to this music, like just pop this on while you're whipping together some freaking chicken Vesuvio. Uh, you could, uh, you know what else you could do? You could uh, drive uh, on a on a nice sunset. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. It's it's that's a great setting for it. So it's it's a nice laid back jazz chill song. Uh, give it a listen um, in full. Obviously, we, we gave you a bit of a sample, but we're gonna move into the next track. Um, gonna be a similar story with this next one, but this one is next on the album. This one is called Number Seven on Lupe Fiasco's The Cool. This track's called High Definition.
Nah, my life's been high definition. Watch with your eyes, follow with your ears. I don't need no permission. My life's been high definition. It's more like a re-up I hold a hole like a teacup Well in one hand While the other hand Throw the piece up My other hand Throwing weed without the E up I got like five more Man I'm something like right, That was High Definition We got Snoop on the track Snoop Dogg and Pooh Bear On this one uh, High Definition Arrow, what do you think of this one? This one typically fancy? I mean it's a, it's a, like a It's kind of like a hype track Almost like a club track Yeah but. No I, I really like it Um me too. I think it was kind of like slept on for its time. Um, but I mean you have you have two greats here. It sounds like Pharrell. Like it sounds like a Pharrell track. I wouldn't be uh You're curious now if he produced it. I don't think he did, but uh, no, it's produced by uh Al Shucks. Okay. English, English producer, but it's it's got a little bit of that like uh Pharrell club beat to it. Um it's got um in terms of lyricism, I mean, Lupe goes off on this track a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, no, he he. Well, that's the thing too. It's like he's like, I got Snoop Dogg here. I gotta like come in hot, and it's on the beginning is probably my favorite part of the whole song. At least his first verse when he's like, um, he's like, in my return, it's more like a re up. Um, I hold it down like a teacup, so mm. he's got a teacup in one hand. He's like world in one hand, so he's holding the world in the other hand, while the other throwing the piece up. Oh, because the world piece. Yeah, so he's got one hand holding a teacup, one hand holding uh, the world, the other hand throwing the west side up, because it's the we without the E up, so he's just throwing up the W. Mm. Right. Oh, okay. So yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. three hands up, and then he goes, "I got five more, man. I'm something like Shiva." Oh, he's talking about yeah. Like he's talking about he has become <laughs> yeah, he's destroyer eight. of worlds, bro. He's, he's, saying, he's saying he he's got eight. Not, not just Shiva, but like Shiva after, um, they protrude the eight arms and just like exclaim, "I'm a I've become death destroyer of worlds." Jesus, this harkens back to Oppenheimer a little bit right there. <laughs> right. Well, he also like he, that was his clothing brand, his Fall of Rome. Yeah, no, that's a. Uh, oh, okay, okay, I'm seeing that. But yeah, no, that's so. Like, how are you just gonna start off with just being like, "I have become death destroyer of worlds." Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's just. This is what I mean. Is like he's even on a track like this where like he has every reason to just like kind of bring things down a notch. He just he's just not doing that. And that's what you find out when we get to like the track "Dumb It Down," like his refusal to um, to tape, you know, tamp down his lyrics for any audience. He's just he's just gonna bring the heat no matter what. And uh, this one he does. Um, I mean, the the concept of the song, and and like I said, er Errol's much better with the like the actual, you know, lyrical breakdown, word for word, track for track, bar for bar, measure for measure. Um, I mean, this song this song doesn't really have like a theme. It's really just more of like um i mean it does have a theme they all have themes but this one's more so about like lyrical display right like this is about a feel so. and there's not really a this i think this deviates from the concept aspect of the album right this is more of just a traditional hip-hop song where he's just rapping about like he's just compiling some of his best bars and 
so long and they flow great because he's such a good writer and they do they do fit together but they uh he's he's just shouting out like chili and stack b and um you know he dj busy like he's obviously like snoop who's on the track like and then snoop dog does the same thing at the end like snoop dog's got a nice little verse at the end but it's more so just like a traditional rap song where his is he's just kind of putting quality bars together that yeah. mean multiple things this is like his this is his version of dumbing it down, which is I like amazing. Yeah. And I like how he um he throws a little reference in there to Q tip. Yeah, the vibrant, the vibrant the, yeah vibrant thing. Yeah. Great track, dude, by the way. Q tip. Q tip is like dude, Q tip is like one of my favorite artists. Me too. Me too. Easily, well, try I would say just he's try like top ten. I'd try to squeeze him in the top five, but he's definitely top ten. Bro, like well, there's like low end theory, the album is that's like that's like a top five hip hop albums for me of all time. Have you heard of a uh, Have you heard of Fiasco Gate? What's Fiasco Gate? So he was invited. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> right, he no, he was invited to uh, sing one of the songs, like in rendition to that. But Lupe Fiasco, like, didn't grow up on a tribe called Quest. He grew up on like West Coast hip hop, and like um, Nas, Nas, and do, like, do uh, listen to so much Nas, like KRS One. It was written as like his thing. That's like yep. his like Bible. So he didn't listen to like the cool backpack rap. So like he was asked to like sing like a rendition of it and then like he like forgot the words on stage and everyone's like, How do you not know a hip hop icon? And he's like, Bitch, that hip hop icon asked me to come here. He's like, he asked me. <laughs> like I didn't I he's like, What do y'all want from me? He's like, I messed up, my bad. He's like, I choked. But like, you he know, said- how do you He's he like, said, I didn't first, let's rewind. Well, he was right. Everyone's like, how could you, how could you disrespect him like that? He's like, disrespect, it would have been disrespectful if I didn't show up. Oh my God, that's wild. Right. That but yeah, everyone like hilarious. jumped down his throat and he's like, I'm so I literally <laughs> talked to him after. <laughs> he's like, I literally talked to him after. He's like, do you think that guy hates me for like bringing oh, like care. dishonor upon like. They're both like, they're both Muslim. They're both like icons of hip hop music. Like, yeah, like they there. like they were the two le- they were the two people that cared the least about it, and everyone yeah. else was like, "What the?" Anyway, well, let's move on to the next track. That's a great one. It is a it is like a banger too. Like the instrument instrumental is great for it. It's a it's like I said. There's no actual bad out al- bad tracks on this album. This album is front to back good, and this is another good track. But if you're looking for like lyrical breakdown, this one is just more so like. You could listen to it about ten or so times, and you still will probably miss shit. Let's not say that like you you can catch everything because he's he's just not going to provide an easy path to uh, you know to lyrical uh, deciphering. Um, but in terms of like we're trying to break down like the concepts of the album and try to tie together some themes from the from the record front to back. So we're just going to kind of push through this one. So let's move into the next track. Uh, Next one up, uh, ooh, yes, this one, straight up, no joke, this is like a top three on the album for me, easy, maybe, probably my second favorite on the album. So, next track coming up, uh, number eight on the album, this one's called Gold Watch. Let's peruse the essentials of cool, a brief study of the things so instrumental to do that make me 
me feel flyer than lobbies of double Jews A disclaimer, just a rhyme, no credentials from the school nah, Let's peruse the essentials of cool A brief study on the things so instrumental to you That make me feel flyer than lobbies of double Jews A disclaimer, just a rhyme, no credentials from the school so In my fall of Rome jeans, my headquarter wallet My neighborhood shirt and my Eddie Chen clash shit Might not go to college, but my street smart polish Like the black fingernails of that punk rock logic Do the knowledge, man you can't be punk from projects Firm disbeliever in your punch clock promise Was trading off my comics, I was taking them to school When the Jay-Z boys, now I'm skating in your pool Not to be rude, I'm just hating on your rules Like a young 50, I'm on my world tour Good morning Singapore, I'm bringing the sun with me From the Robert Taylor homes to Africa slum cities I am American mentally Alright, that's Gold Watch from Lupe Fiasco's The Cool uh, Errol, we had a little technical difficulty on the uh, at the, end, the tail end of that last track from Errol. Uh, Errol, you're all good. Let's just uh, just a double yeah. check. We're good to go. Oh yeah, it should be good to go now if you can hear me. The only thing that I think got cut out was I was like, a, it's kind of disingenuous to be mad at Lupe for that because it's like, oh, you're a rapper. Like, rap every song that's ever been made. <laughs> impossible it's cool to know references and stuff but you don't need to know every reference bro if there was one rapper that you would place your money on that could it would be him it would be literally him there's no it other really choice would. there's no other choice there's Look, no other right choice he's the choice he would be mine he's who i'd bet on but like here's the thing too like if someone knew every reference ever of all time like would they be the best rapper or like would they be like you know like best memorizer like, like or like leonardo da vinci like if they were like just if they could know everything like you know would it would it be it it could be so well served and rap that'd be crazy but like every reference dude every that's so i'm saying this but like if you want to be a good rapper you really do need to know everything or you need to know something about everything you need yeah to. i mean that's that's why he, that's what makes him so special is that like he just his his depth of knowledge on like everything is not like it's and it's it's above average. Well, that's like, the thing. If you're in a rap battle and someone mentions some obscure thing, all you need lost. to do is well no, because you will win if you just mention something about that obscure thing back. You you destroy them that with that. If they say something really off cover, everyone's like, oh wow, that's crazy. That's and then true, you yeah. Like, if someone says, like, oh, like, I'm about to stone him like Medusa, and everyone goes, ooh. And then if you say something like, oh, I like, I, I got the mayor on the shield, like, um, <laughs> walk back, swing, make him yield, like, you know, and then everyone's like, ooh, like, he looked into the mirror, so the Medusa thing, did, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, like, so, like, it's, it's about knowing a little bit more than the average you, person, like, because everyone he knows. Everybody knows like surface level material on a lot of things. I mean, especially right. I shouldn't say everyone, but like artists specifically. But if you can yes. be the artist that that goes a, another layer down on everything, it gives you like you're just you have an advantage on on songwriting and song construction for sure. Um, well, let's go into Gold Watch. Uh, Gold Watch is his. Uh, I mean, this song's pretty. This one's easy as well. It's pretty not easy. Uh, nothing's easy with him. But like, it's more so just that the concept that he's going for on this album is to like ironically glamorize the parts of like um, hip hop culture, like the the flash and, bl and and bling. Like the first the the beginning of the song is more so like ironically pointing out like um, 
he he's basically just like so like I've got my gold watch, my gold chain, uh, with my fancy car, my diamond ring, and with my fancy broad and she foreign. So it's words and it's no slang. I'm no trick and I'm no lame. So like that's the that's like the 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 chorus, but the verses are like no no no. Listen, this is the shit that I'm into, and it, and it's way cooler. And it's but it's right. you don't know what it is. It's all Japanese culture. It's like. Mont Blanc pens and moleskin paper, Gucci belts and guilty brother polos, like right. But then he's like, no, no, I I like my gold watch and my gold chain and my fancy. Yeah, so he's just like he's like contrasting like what he thinks is cool, and he really does take this time to just be like, bro, I'm way cooler in in my world. Like, right? He's like, you could say that you just like bling, or you could say like you like stuff. Like he goes to he's like when it comes, he's like, I'm an artist. I like writing. He goes, I like Mont Blanc pens and moleskin paper. Yeah, I mean that's his, that's and that is as writing always, as it gets, and he always just throws it up to the go yard. He mentions I I so here's the thing. I was like, does he have like a like a thing with stock. go yard? Dude, He's got a stock. It's just, it's, I think it's um it's all just I don't know. They're likely still making stuff, but that's like a ten thousand dollar suitcase, man. It's bad. It's, oh, he it's oh he denounced this whole, he denounced this whole song because of like uh what he it. it he describes the song as a mistake due to the, its promotion of conspicuous consumption. So like, uh, since like, because, because at the end of the day, like the goal of the song was to be like, Oh, you like your gold watch and your gold chain and your fancy car and your diamond ring. Okay. So does every other rapper. Here's all this fucking shit that I'm actually into. That's that makes me, th- this is why I'm smarter than the rest of, of my, of my, of my cohorts in this craft, but also why I'm, um, different and unique like his uniqueness in style and fashion and interest makes him and that's why he separates himself from the culture itself in this song but once again once again this is also the fucking the theme of this whole album in a lot of ways is his confliction with hip-hop culture like he's fucking mad at it like he does not uh, he does not approve of like the monotonous the monotony of being into um you know uh, jewelry and and cars and uh women and well, like so and the like, same shit saying the same shit and, do, and doing the same shit because he's really and, trying to separate himself from the pack and like he really is saying like he's cool he's like um a first one he's like uh he's like you got like a this like a this one girl this foreign girl she loves it over here and then he's like i'm like such like a like a good person such a good you know like a womanizer that like the next uh, chorus is like um you know i got my uh ghetto broad and she's so plain got a couple scars and one of those long names and then uh she's just like you know she's cussing and stuff and then her x-man bagged up cocaine but like she loves it over here she loves yeah yeah i think errol i think your, your mic died again but uh, I'll take it from here until, while we're having technical difficulties. But um, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, that's what this track is all about. This track is just all about <coughs> him being a unique figure in the world of hip hop music. And um, he just separates himself in full with this track. And throughout the entire track, I mean, it's just a it's a it's a, a laundry list. Um, and I say that deliberately because it really is. It's like. Uh, 
we're talking about Maharishi sandals, Dita sunglasses, purple murder service samples. Like this dude has a incredible fashion sense, obviously, but he also just, this is shit that like nobody else in the hip hop game was wearing at the time. Um, Errol, are you back yet? Yes, I am back. Oh, Where'd I get okay. cut off? I got this. I think I have it figured out now. Okay. No, we'll keep going. We'll just push through it. This is what we do. We're a low, we're a low, we're a low budget operation. So we're, we're just going to work with it. Um, yeah, you were saying that like he he was talking about he's got the he um he's got his ghetto broad and she's so playing got a couple of scars and one of them long names, um and like basically he basically he's just saying he attracts he he's in the chorus he's just like every other rapper who's yes. got a gold watch gold chain fancy car diamond ring ghetto broad she's so plain uh she'll. Uh, she she'll fight him and she'll cuss with no shame and her X man is bagging up ahead right. bagging up cocaine. So, so she's just she's just like every other uh, you know significant every, other of like the hip hop artists of, of that time. Right. So like the dichotomies of it, like they both uh like ever like the foreign girls love them, like people from the hood love them, but they like it better over or she likes it better over there. Like yeah. she likes it better where it's like, you know, where what Simple. he's doing. Like I can show you the world, I can do the foreign stuff, the foreign people like the hood stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's it's it is that sense of like he he's feeling himself on this track, like because he knows what he's into and he knows it's he knows it's unique and more interesting than the well, than the boring fucking shit that you hear that you would hear from hip hop artists of this era where it was which like once again just a confliction because you know he still loves those hip hop artists just like we all do like the ones that lived simple lives i say simple lives i don't mean simple lives but like basic hip hop culture lives where their their priorities were having like just just having all the jewelry you could possibly imagine just the diamonds and gold that you could possibly imagine having the super nice cars like they were just living that life and like we all love their music, but like he just he wants to not be associated with that in full because he wants to be unique and in his own way. Mm. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm a, I, I think you got it. That's like right anyway, where I am. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, he did denounce the song a little bit because, um, just because he does, I think he he kind of parted with this that part of his identity in, in which he's like very focused on the consumerist aspect of well of, i can know. i can tell you one thing that uh uh i can tell you the one verse that he would not denounce and i am confident of this and that's verse three where he says my most coveted or my most coveted thing is a high self-esteem and a low tolerance for them telling me how to lean see the mm-hmm. most important parts are the ones that aren't seen those wings don't make you fly, fly the crown, and the crown don't make, make you king, king. Yep, yeah, yeah, now God, yeah, that's like, amazing writing, amazing yeah, writing. Like, and then he says, Now God don't like ugly, ain't too happy about pretty. I think ignorance is enemy, so stay out the verse or so stay out the vicinity, of, of. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I do like that verse. I, and I yeah, that's a that's really good of, verse. That's the most insightful thing in the song for sure, because right, a it's not about any one, it's not about materialism at all, it's just about. Just how he yeah. feels. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like his his morals and his values. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move into the next one. Like I said, we've got we got a long ways to go. I want to make sure we get to each track. And that one, that one's pretty cut and dry. Uh the lyrics are like 
you know, they're not actually, they're not as layered. I'll say they are still pretty complex because what he's talking about is so esoteric, but um, they are, there's not deep layers, but they are, you know, they are definitely still, still pretty referential. Um, we'll say. So uh, moving into the next track, this one was another, uh, this one hit the radio waves as well. This was a pretty, um, pretty popular track off the album. Most definitely. This one is called hip hop saved my life. Lupe Fiasco. Take a listen. This right here goes out to my homie with the drink. Nah, I mean, oh. He said, I write what I see. Right to make it right, don't like what I be. I'd like to make it like the sights on TV. Quite the great life, so nice and easy. See, now you can still die from that, but it's better than not being alive from straps. Agreed. A meat notebook and a big that clip when it's pushed and a whack ass beat. That's a track that's weak that he got last week. Cause everybody in the stool was like, that's that heat. A bass heavy medley with a sample from the 70s with a screwed up hook that went. Stack that cheese. Something, something, something. Stack that cheese. Mother, sister, cousin. Stack that cheese. He couldn't think of nothing. Stack that cheese. He turns down the beat, writers block impedes. Crying from the next room, a baby in need of some pampers and some food and a place. Alright, that's hip hop saved my life. Uh, featuring Nikki Jean. Nikki Jean? Jean? Nikki Jean. I don't know. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but uh she's got the chorus on this one. She's great. She did a great job on it. Um Errol, what do you think about this one? This one's pretty straightforward, too. This is like basically, this, according to his, uh, you know, this is a very popular story in the world of hip hop, um, a very unfortunate one in a lot of cases. Uh, but this was, song was inspired by the story of Slim Thug and Bum B uh, out of Houston. So uh, what do you think about it? It's pretty straightforward, right? Oh, uh, yeah. And I really do. Uh, I really do like it. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. It's so good. It's so catchy. Yeah. And like. You know what I love about it is his pacing is so good in the song. Like, foot goes on the gas pedal, it stays at the same pace. He never speeds up, he never slows down. It's just, it's just, it's straight through. It's, it's sixty five on the highway all the way to destination. Mm-hmm. Um, the story. I have a couple of issues with the story. Where, I mean, it, it's a story, so it's that, that's the most like important part of it. But like. There's one part where, like, I don't know, like, the story is supposed to be very inspirational, right? It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be inspiring to, um, like, aspiring um, rappers, uh, hip hop artists who are like trying to make it, right? That's like kind of the message of the story, like, like just, just keep on going. And and maybe he has conflictions with this too, but like, the one thing I don't, I don't know, it's just frustrating to hear, like. It makes me sad that like the story of this of uh, if it is Slim Thug, I think most of the story is based on Slim Thug's like when he got um, it's not stack that cheese, but it was throw some D's on that. Uh, throw some D's was no, that wasn't Slim Thug. What am I thinking? That's a uh, who's that? That's Rich Boy. I'm Rich sorry. Boy. I mix that up with Slim Thug. Slim Thug is a different artist. I think they're from a similar place somewhere down in Houston or something, but. Um, well, either way, the part of the story that like is almost just like God, like it is, it is hard to hear. Like where this dude is, like he's trying to make it, but he's got like a newborn baby at home, um, and like this is just what he's sinking his life into. And it's like, like because that's part of the story is that like the the artist is he's the he's the tortured struggling artist, which is like always been a 
like no matter what genre of music or art, like usually the tortured struggling artist is like an indication of somebody's truly just given, get, they've given themselves over to their craft to, to get. It's that almost, good. it's almost a parallel to Michael Young in the, in the, uh, in the streets. Not, not a parallel, but like an inverse. Cause like Slim Thug right, because makes he it. Uses, he, uh, he, he stops after he, he utilizes it. Well, he also, yeah, like he stopped selling crack, but he goes two days from going back to it. He stopped selling crack, which is good. But and then he's trying to make it as a as a as a hip hop artist um, in the South, because uh, he says it's the best thing out of out the H town in a while, which is Houston. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. It's just like I don't love the message because it's like to me, it's I, I listen. I I appreciate the risk that artists take in life. Like they really like some of these artists really have to just go for it, but like, they got to recognize that like, like, and I, I think Lupe probably would say this. It would even admit this. Like he is not a person I consider to have gotten lucky. Right. I don't think he's, a, I don't think he's an artist that like, I think he was destined to always be successful because he's just, he's just that talented. I just think that's an inevitable for him. He was like inevitable, but I think like the message to like other aspiring artists to like, I don't know. He's got like a newborn at home and like he's like borrowing money from his from his baby mama to get to the to the you know so he can go um I think he was he going to rap battles? What where was he going? Well so that's the thing. Would you would you rather him borrow money or would you rather him sell Craig? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, but you don't have to do either. You don't have to do either. I mean, it's not it's not a it's not either or like he could I like I think the message is like go work hard go work hard to support your family and then pursue your passions with, with that. Like, like do both. Like, cause the message to me is always just so conflicting. Cause I'm just like, bro, yeah. Like if you, I, like this was like, I'm so glad it worked out for Slim Thug. If this is how the story played out, like, it's just like, thank God it worked out the way it did. He like, he got out of the hood and he like, and he took care of the people that stuck with him, the people who were loyal and like, a lot of athletes go through this too, like aspiring athletes where they just have to give over their whole lives to something and it's hard to make money. But like, I don't know, it's just such a, with this, it's just such a risk. It's such a risk. It's so risky to just like forego a paycheck every week to try to like pursue this dream. And like, I would say that like 98% of people, that story ends a lot more tragically than this one did. Yeah. Well, that's, um, I can see that, but I, I do, I like the um, I like the story, but Me too. Yeah, um, I like I like stack that cheese better. The sequel to this. Oh, I, that's from uh, one of the newer albums, right? Yeah, it, I don't it, think I've heard it. Is it actually a continuation of the story? Yes, a hundred percent is like. Uh, okay, he, cool. He uh, like does the he does the. <laughs> He's he does the something 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 stack that cheese. It's oh he actually crazy. turns it into a track. Yeah, he does that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll actually um I'll uh I'll get it for you just so uh he was like um he was like right out of high school trying to stack that cheese. He was trying to do what? Trying to stack that cheese. You want to flip burgers? Trying to stack that, burger, stack <laughs> that cheese. Make American singles want to stack that cheese. Make That's everybody smile doing. trying to stack that cheese. Trying to do it for a while. Trying to stack that cheese. 
taking frequent flyer miles how I stack that cheese, trying to bundle up the money, trying to stack that cheese. A stack. Can we stack that, please? Mm. Yeah, I actually, I remember that was, what album was that from? The, uh, the one that had mural on it, right? No, no, the one yeah, after. It drove Throw us this wave yeah that one's dope that's a great that's a great record yeah, yeah like the, the one here's the lyric that gets me right here like show his homies there's a way other than that flipping yay like it is a positive example but it's like it's also like this is my, this is my point this is like my confliction with the with the story is that like bro like this the outcome for slim thug is so you have to be so lucky you have to be so lucky as well yeah. like and you, you have to work hard. I'm not saying that like artists don't work hard. Like hip, like rappers have to work really fucking hard. They have to write. They've got to be in the booth. They got to be working with producers. They're like, like it takes time and a lot of hard work. I'm not trying to downplay that. I'm just saying that like, I'm just saying the, the message that like the good message he's pushing here that like, you don't have to go flip. You don't have to flip pies on the fucking, you know, on, on the corner, you know, and sell crack or, or Coke to like, look look what i can do look what you can do instead it's like no i don't think bro that not they're not all gonna make it you're not all gonna make it and then they're just gonna have to turn back to the to the life of selling drugs like i think the message should be like you know pursue your pursue your dreams but like be be smart like i don't know uh, this is my very like milk toast opinion <laughs> like have hold down a job, get a stable paycheck, but then get after your dreams too, because like you got to make sure you got to make sure you're making money. Easier said than done. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, that's that's also true. So, all right, let's move into the next one. We'll keep things rolling. Uh, next track. This is up next. Uh, this is the tenth track on the album. This one's called Intruder Alert. Take a listen. Said there was no love in the heart Cause one day a rapist attacked and broke that all apart She said there was no way to fix it or to cover her scars Then one day a guy came along that probably could help her start He was sincere, made her believe it was safe for her to trust again Before long, she was cool with giving hugs to him Knew that it was right, cause something was wrong The alarms in her mind didn't tell her he didn't belong There was no Track number, I'm sorry, track 10 on Lupe Fiasco is the cool intruder alert. This one's a dark one, pretty dark uh, concept. It's got, you know, a, a pretty horrendous story. I mean, obviously, he, he there's basically three stories in the in the track. This one was featuring uh, Sarah Green. Sarah Green was doing uh, some of the vocal work in the chorus. Um, Really good song though. It's a, a catchy song, but a, a sad song. Pretty, pretty dark. Dude, it's, um, it starts good and then it just gets worse. Just gets darker and darker. Yeah, each verse gets a little darker. Um, it was produced granted, the by first soundtrack. one. Granted, the first one doesn't start like really wholesome because it's just a a, a victim of uh, of a rape, 
and she doesn't mm. believe that she's ever going to like be comfortable with anyone ever again. But then someone it's steps fun. in yeah. and then like makes her like willing to like, you know, is actually like there to like help her. Uh, she gains like a, is she's actually able to like trust someone and like he she knows that he's there for her. Right. Um and she's able to open up. And uh then she uh no longer has the intruder alert, which is the just your fight or flight is what it would have to be. Just your flight or fl- like yeah, it's just, just been totally destroyed by a traumatic event, right? And then in, in the next one, um, this guy just uh, no one's ever loved him. Uh, he just uh, he's never uh, been to like the church or anything. He doesn't he doesn't have like any reason to think that there's anything good like in the world. So he just uh, he remembers the drugs though doesn't like yeah. rem- remember any people or any like religion or any like god helping him but he remembers uh, how the drugs make him feel yeah so. the song is basically like about being numb about like a traumatic like a, a, tra- a life of trauma just like numbing you to your um like the normalization within of like something terrible right. happening to you time and time again or even one event like in the, in the first example and then the third example being the uh him being in like a it's an uh about an illegal immigrant um crosses the border no no i'm sorry it's the father right he sent the father sends his daughter off on a raft um mm-hmm. to try to cross the border illegally and then she, like and then he like paints this like beautiful picture of like the perfect america or whatever and then she's slapped with an illegal um they, they see you stamp you and call you illegal is how the, the right and then they hit ends. her with the intruder alert yeah like she's the intruder Right. right. So he like spins it at the end and provides like a different perspective, which is like, you know, so he, he has, he exudes a little bit of uh, a little bit of his politics here. Um, and she even says like, there's double meaning here. Cause in the last of the lyrics, she's like, I build my walls up so high. So why? So why? So like the concept of just like letting, letting something in a demon uh, in, 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 you know, within their soul, and then the, the last verse is really about like pursuing something better and how we perceive we perce- we allow we allow truly uh, menacing characters or demons into our our worlds voluntarily, but then we right. but then we view the perspective of other humans trying to make it in America as being intruders. So like our perceptions of what intruders are is is grossly um, is broken from his perspective. Well, like it's almost like everyone's thing is broken. The only person to get their intruder alert resolved is uh, the first verse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it it's, was uh, broken at some point. Still. Yeah. It's a sad ass song. I mean, it really is. It's like once again, like, and this is a theme through the album mostly because his father passed away. That like he was in a very dark place, um, according to a few interviews that he did. And you can definitely hear that in some of the lyrical content, the thematic elements of the album. Like he's he's working through something here, like clearly. And um, it's not to say that it's not important what he's saying because it definitely is. It's really well written and it's a great message. But like he's definitely um, he's in a dark place at this point, working through some of his um, trials and tribulations with the world, how he views it. Oh yeah. Uh, you want to move into the next one? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we'll keep things flowing. This is a big one. This one's uh, we're going to talk about this one for at least a couple more extra minutes. But we do have, geez, we still got probably eight songs left, so we're just going to keep pushing. 
Uh, this one's called Treats on Fire. Take it. Death is on the tip of her tongue and dangers at the tip of her fingers. Streets are on fire tonight. Death is on the tip of her tongue and dangers at the tip of her fingers. Streets are on fire. The virus is written in all directions No safe zone, no cure, and no protection No symptoms to find the signs of an infection No vaccines, remedies, and no corrections Quarantine your dreams and turn off our connections Don't let them in, not a friend, not a reflection Everybody's got it and want you to have it next in Don't accept them if you wanna stay as an exception No pill can heal the ill of this sickness Some are still okay, in fiasco uh, that's Matthew Santos, I believe, on the uh, some of the uh, backing vocals there in the chorus aspect, suppose, you know, I guess you could say. Um, so Matthew Santos in there. Uh, produced by the Buchanans and Drop. Uh, those are the production duties on that track. Uh, this one's pretty dark as well. So we stay on that pretty, like, horrifically dark theme. I mean, there's, like, a lot of apocalyptic um, elements to this song. Mostly he's referring to it from my perspective, and this is um, a little bit substantiated from uh, Rap Genius, a little bit, but something a little bit deviated. I think he's mostly referring to depression, um, and I, it was noted in the Rap Genius that he might potentially be referring to like the HIV, HIV AIDS epidemic as well, which would make sense for especially the second verse. Um, and potentially, you know, a little bit, uh, I guess there's really only two verses, but um, part of the second verse um, definitely is uh, referring to like more socioeconomic plight or government corruption. Um, so that's involved as well, but, but a great so, track. So I think it's, um, so with the streets being on fire, well, like uh, you have to assume it's about, you know, the streets. Uh, the character right. the, the character the streets from yeah which we mentioned right. we should reiterate we mentioned that in the previous in the part one of this episode we were referring to the yeah the streets in the game so right um, and, and uh, two so, characters in the cool story michael young michael young, my cool young history story yep and uh so uh the streets on fire like the one thing that was on fire was her uh her locket which is so, the album cover right uh yes uh, the bottom right Mm -hmm. yep. Um. So I believe I I read this as like the opening of Pandora's box. Like when you when you open that locket to the streets, you get the streets on fire, which is just uh, you know, and like the in like it also like the chorus is like a is the streets death is on the tip of her tongue and danger is at the tip of her fingers. Streets are on fire tonight. Yeah. And, no uh, i can definitely see that yeah because like things just because and you can definitely see it because because like with pandora's box the reference from you know the philosophical sense of, of pandora and like how things unravel and the way that things are unraveling in this song are just like the it's like the denigration or the degradation of society um mm -hmm. from disease from mental illness from government corruption these are like the three themes and like he's using he's using disease mostly as like a trope. It's actually the song is like very like um, prophetic, you know. Being well, that that's what it is. It's, like, it's the it's a it's legitimately apocalyptic. Whether it's um sure. 
it's like a you got pestilence, you have uh like you know war and stuff. Uh, you mm -hmm. got um, dude, it's um, yeah, no, that's a. Uh, It's... Well, it also speaks to the why the mental health aspect, like the depression aspect, is, is huge because he, the line that gets me there because in 2007, this is kind of how we discuss mental health, but it is like, um, no, no pill, no pill can heal the ill, the ill of this sickness. Some are still in doubt of its existence. Some call it forgiveness. Some call it a vengeance. Some say it's an exit. Some say it's an entrance. The poor say the rich have the cure. The rich say the poor are the source. Revolutionaries say it's psychological war invented by the press just to have something to report. Some say the case, the first case came from a maternity ward. Some say a morgue. Some say the skies. Some say the floors. Whores say the nuns. None say the whores and everybody is sure. So like, Jesus, I mean, first of all, he, I've never, yeah. I've never seen it under that. Oh, I've never seen it under that, like, uh, that from the mental health rubric. Yeah, because it really, like, there, you can't escape it, and like, it's just it's a, ever, right, exactly. And it's also, it's also rejected. In two thousand seven, it was rejected by society. It was like then, very much rejected as like a like you see it everywhere, but it's actually nowhere. And like, there's a cure, but there's actually not a cure. And like, it's um. Uh, what is it it's a pseudo symptomatic i can't i can't think of the word for it it's a word it, it where everything's just like and not worth it where you're just um it's orwellian well no bear with me for a moment um well that's the first thing that comes up i'll just mention that while you're thinking of that because that, it's that not, it's it's nihilistic yeah, well, yeah, and like, well, that's that's Orwell, right? Because like, it's so funny because Rap Genius, like, very, I love when I like at, this happened in one of the tracks in the in the part one we did on this podcast where like I had a theory about a track and I was like, and then I went to Rap Genius and I was like, and not that Rap Genius is the end all be all, but I was like, I was I, I felt right because I was like, this fucking sh this whole song just reminds me of like what it would look like if 1984 was in real life, right? If or if like Orwell's theory on like an oppressive regime and like the distortion of, of information like took hold in the world, what would happen? And it's like the, the, or the lyric that like sounds most Orwellian to me is like the end of that first verse where he's like, everybody's telling each other something different. Like the scientists say it only affects the mind. The little boy said it only affects the girls. The preacher man said it's going to kill off the soul. A bum said it's going to kill the whole wide world. Like, right that's Orwell, like just a, a, a disintegration of truth and of facts and of information. No that's... one wants to take the exact evidence as like what it is. Like it but is. nobody knows. Nobody actually right. knows, but they're saying they know. We live in this Orwellian society now in a lot of ways where like no one is willing to do like this, like the medical community, especially the ones that were, you know, the part of the medical community that like, you know, our organizations, WHO, World Health Organization, the CDC, the, the Center for... Uh, center for D disease control same same thing they just were so unwilling to they had to provide an answer uh, when it came to like covid and this is obviously covid speaks volumes in this song because of like the way that it's you know right however it was just there was just never a willingness from any of the institutions like there would be a lot of people who lived today and this is an opinion now i'm going to go into an opinion there would be a lot of people alive today that would have gladly taken the COVID vaccine and not died of COVID if those institutions had just said, we don't know yet. There was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of establishmentarian 
truth is being told. Like, cause think about how, think about why people have like this distrust in institutions. Like it's, it's a, it's not good. It's not good to just, it's not good to espouse things that we don't know are true. And that, like, I mean, this happened a couple of times where like we were told a lot of things about how COVID's going to unfold and how our vaccination policies are going to unfold and how the human, you know, the, the species, our species will react with the COVID vaccines and like what, what it's all going to look like. And it was this is very rosy, clear picture, and like nothing is ever that clear. And it would have, I just think, I think this song just speaks so much to just the absolute disorientation of people who claim truth and claim facts, and who who just are unwilling to just be in like informational purgatory, where I think a lot of trust can be built. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's going to be like a whether it's just a trust within. Um within science or just trust within uh like you know just sexism or trust trust within religion or just trust within like a like your class right oh yeah sure yeah i mean like what does he say here like the sadness the madness the bad shit the lavish the fastest the clashes the ashes the ashes everything intertwined like this is this is also like just a culmination of like the very 1984 george wellian um experience of life like it's just a degradation of of uh of like societal communication right and that's the thing if you hear so much stuff from so many different people one person could be right but it doesn't even doesn't matter it's uh when there's a breakdown of that uh communication and information when there's when you hear too much you don't hear when you hear too much uh there's you don't hear anything Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's such a great way to put it. Like if you can hear too much when you hear too much, it, it, it mutes in like it becomes nothing. You're not actually, you can't decipher what is being heard because you can't, you can't hear, you can't discern truth from the wall of sound. Yeah, exactly. That's a really, uh, yeah, it's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. This song, this song is really fucking good, man. This is like, a this is one of those ones where he like, he kind of abandoned hip hop on it. It's almost not a hip hop song. It still is, obviously, because he's you know the, the construction and the way that he delivers his measures are like still in in you know typical traditional hip hop fashion. But I um, think this song will age the the best. It already time. has. I mean, it already has. just with the COVID thing. Like the ver the first ver the first line of the song is disease. The virus is spreading in all directions. No safe zone. No cure. And no protection. No symptoms define the signs of an infection. No vaccines, remedies, and no corrections. Quarantine the dreams and seal off the connections. Don't let them in. Not a friend. Not a reflection. Like, this is right. this is like this is 2007. Like he was prophetic in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah and that goes like you're saying Orwellian. Like um, he's like a. Uh, don't let him in not a friend not a reflection like he's like don't trust anyone don't talk to anyone don't trust listen. your neighbors right yeah exactly just we uh, were there we were in an orwellian place during the quarantine for sure in a lot of ways crazy crazy stuff but yeah an amazing song what's that i said you can make a parallel yes I, not we didn't we weren't truly in that world we it, it was for a moment but you're telling me that my iphone's listening to me right now yeah no we're not there we're not quite there but we're there. <laughs> well no it's like well it's like this the government doesn't have to tap your phone because like <laughs> we, just do it to, we do it at, no we just do it to ourselves we just, we we just record that. ourselves all the time yeah, we are 
who needs it? Why does the government need to breach any privacy laws or confidentiality laws? Like we just just wait. It'll say if they're really that interested, they'll they'll find, you'll we'll we'll bag ourselves real quick. Yeah, that's a, yeah. You got a good point. Well, anyway, well let's move into the next track. Uh, that was Streets on Fire. I I think it's one of my. That's also one of my favorites on the on the album. I love it. It's really fast. It's quick, brash. Uh, it's got a, a lot of bold things to say. Excellent, excellent tune. Uh, moving into the next one. This one is called Little Weapon. Take a listen. Now Lil Terry got a gun he got from the store He bought it with the money he got from his chores He robbed the candy shop, told her lay down on the floor Put the cookies in the bag, take the pennies out the drawer Look, Khalil got a gun he got from the rebels To kill the infidels and American devils A bomb on his waist, a mask on his face Prays five times a day and listens to heavy metal Little Alex got a gun he took from his dad That he snuck into school in his black book bag His black nail polish, black boots and black hat He gon' blow away the bully that just pushed his ass Pushed his ass, pushed his ass, pushed his ass, pushed his ass. Another man today Shot him in his back as he ran away Then I blew up his hunt with a hand grenade Cut his wife though, then she put her hands to pray Just five more dogs, then we can get a soccer ball That's what my commander say How old? Well I'm like 10, 11 Been fighting since I was like 6 or 7 hey, that was Little Weapon from, Harold, this one's super fucking dark <laughs> Once again, like really It's really dark and also shocked to learn that this was uh, produced by the lead singer of Fall Out Boy, like Patrick Stone. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Which, like, I gotta give him credit. Like, it's actually if you're, I mean, well, he's also doing the vocals. I think, um, like, he's doing like the the like like the it's like almost like tribal yelling, like ah! yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. That's him. Uh, uh, oh. And then you got Nikki Nikki Jean is back, and then Bishop G on this. Uh, he he takes the final verse of the song. But man, it's just like it's it's just basically uh, child violence. Like the song is all about child violence, about and not child, not violence against children. It's children conducting violence and our appall at like uh, school shootings in America. And yet we know we don't seem to care or pay any attention to the the child soldiers in West Africa. Right, and it's like a uh, the. Um... Like, it's the uh, dichotomy in rap. Everyone's like, oh, like, I'll shoot someone. I'll shoot a guy. Like, I'll do this. I will, uh, you know, I'll stab someone. I'm really, uh, I'm a bad person. And then he's like, there are children. Like, it starts off, like, I just killed a man today. Shot him in the back as he ran away. Then I blew up his hut with his hand, with a hand grenade. Cut his wife's throat. She put her hands to pray. Just five more dogs. So just, like, five, th- those are it's not dogs. It's like they're calling the people dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we exactly. just need to. Yep. If I we can kill five more dogs, then we can, we get, can a get a soccer ball. ball. Yeah, I mean, just we can if we can if we kill five more people, we can get a soccer ball. I just want to make a, a slight correction. I actually, I I said uh, Western Africa. I meant East Africa. I just wanted to correct the record that um, I think the child soldier problem is not. Is not you know, precluded from any one part of Africa, really. It's a, it's a major continental issue, but like, um, but I believe the problem is mostly concentrated in Eastern Africa, uh, the horn of Africa, Somalia, Ethiopia, Sudan, Uganda. Like this is where, 
Rwanda, obviously, and abroad. So it's, I just wanted to correct myself there. Um, that's my understanding. I actually could be wrong. It could be West Africa entirely, and I'm be totally wrong. That I just wanted to, that's my interpretation. And if I'm wrong, I want to be wrong about the right thing. So, um, yeah, this is this this song just it, it is unrelenting. They've I mean, been they've been fighting half their life. Um, doesn't they don't realize where they've come from? But he knows that people are scared when they roll up. Uh, the government wants to kill him, so he wears his gun. He really wants that rocket launcher, but he's still too young. But like he wants to, like he wants the obsession with weapons. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's just he's just drawing the parallel between like like what goes on, like the school shootings in America and how they're like so flabbergasted. Like I really think he's talking about that. Like I really think he's trying to point to like this shit's been going on in Africa like in a way worse way, and yet right we're just so like it's just it's so sensationalized in America when there's like a. a when a child murders someone or shoots up a school or shoots up a grocery store, whatever it is, when when a young person commits one of these heinous, horrific acts that we're all so exhausted with and just hope and pray that they'll end at some point or at least, you know, stop happening so frequently. Um, While that stuff is like, so, you know, it's so bankrupt of like it's so heartless and like it is it is shocking and it happens so much right. now in this country that it's, it is shocking but like what he's saying is like like no in kid africa we're, to do that right including the children of africa like right like it's it's child like soldiers the, like he's saying like it's it is like the worst there like they are like way worse oh and like course, so that's right. like the the lyric after the rocket launcher is um he says, like, the candy, or this candy give me courage to fear no one, to feel no pain, to hear no tongue. They're doing, so they're like, drug- it's brainwash. It's like, heroin. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like, like, it's like brainwashing like or drugs. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely got, wow, that's, Jesus Christ, that's dark. And Ooh, that's well, the thing, you're, t- you are, mm, how old, like, 10, 11, been fighting since 6, 7. Since you're six, like, seven. A, yeah, so he's, he's a veteran. These are veterans of warfare at 10 or 11. yeah. Jesus, I mean, it's just horrible. That's fucked. I mean, it really is. It's it's hard. To, it's a it's a difficult song, and it's weird. This song just sounds so poppy. Like you listen to the song, yeah. like I remember being a teenager and like not not really having a grip on. Like I understood what it was about to some degree, but like you know, I, I just oh, it's a black artist. And he's just saying he's espousing something. He's speaking his truth. Like it's a preachy song, but like I didn't really listen to the message in this deep way, and like. I'm just like shocked how poppy the the instrumental is and um, how dark the the um, messaging of the song is. But I well, mean, it, he, it is clear. He alludes right? to that too. He alludes to that too. He says, uh, "He goes, uh, the grave gets deeper the further we go down." Like he's <laughs> like, if you really want to like look into this stuff, it's bad. Like it is bad. Like kids doing drugs in a mass murder for like to get a soccer to live like a regular kid i love that line too because that's another attack on like on um on gangster culture like you, you think you gangster uh popped a few rounds these kids will come through and murder a whole town right and like, like that's like he like you like it he doesn't even accentuate it it's like it should nope. be like you like you think you're gangster like oh yeah you've like shot a gun a couple times like these kids have burnt villages to the ground they have Come in, they burn them to the ground. They're, They're pillagers. It, it's a holocaust, is what it is. It's yeah, a, it they, is. you. They come in, they kill everyone besides like the kids, and then you take those kids whose parents have just been murdered, 
And then you go, you got to join us. It's horrifying. All right. Well, let's, well, let's leave that on the dark, on the darkest of notes. Cause that song really, truly is kind of, it's, it is a straightforward story. It's very clear what the messaging is. Um, so we don't, I don't have to dwell too, too much on the darkest. Well, so it's I, a great track though. It isn't a very, I think it's a very important, but another one that was like kind of prophetic because the issue of child violence continues well, at least he, in our country and the, abroad. He, in, in a rhyming ape, it's more on the nose for like your point that he was saying. Oh, um, you're talking about heat under the baby seat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He under the baby seat in a rhyming ape, uh, where he's like a where it's just the uh, kind of the chorus, but he uh, accentuates. Like, yeah, yeah, he extends it. Yeah, he extends it like two or three more verses. You're right. Right, but they're all everyone here is kids. Yeah, yeah. The whole story. Yeah, the whole thing is kids. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. But it, not a horrible song, though. I don't mean it to sound like it's just like this terror. It's horror. It's a horror show of a concept, but it's an important message. Again, like I said, will not be put in a box and also takes this on super intelligently and has something to say. So once again, another great track, Little Weapon. Um, moving into the next one, uh, let's do track number 13. Lucky number 13. This one's called Gabby. I swear, I see this nigga. I'm a killer. I'm going to kill him. Slow, make niggas suffer. You know what I'm saying? Man said life ain't easy. When niggas gotta eat, that's when shit get greasy. Streets be all like feed me, feed me. When niggas gotta eat, that's when shit get greasy. My man said life ain't easy. When niggas gotta eat, that's when shit get greasy. Streets be all like feed me, feed me. When niggas gotta eat, that's when shit get greasy. My man said life ain't easy. When niggas gotta eat, that's when shit get greasy. Hey, he had a whole lot of cheese. Plus, he was the Mac, had a whole lot of C's, made a lot of niggas. This one's kind of straightforward. This one's just fun as hell, right? This is just a fun track. This one's just like one pure. It's like it's like a metaphor, and how many times can you layer it, right? Yeah, so this exactly. This is like um kind of like the uh like the Nas stuff. For sure, like, yeah. Like where he's just playing with a he's playing with a concept of like lyrical uh layering and just like it's in it, it, the theme the theme lasts the whole song right like it reminds me of like twilight zone and see here's the thing i think the twilight zone and like uh and uh gotta eat is like where the game lives mm, yeah in that place in that, like, well, tw- in let's that- clear it up though twilight zone you're referring to the track twilight zone from fahrenheit one one fifty. yes from fahrenheit I 115 where he yeah, just that's the mixtape that's Lupe's first mixtape I just wanted to clear that up for the listeners right where he's like uh like is my mic on when I twilight zone and he just zones out and he's just in a world where like you know it's all just metaphors like yep. everything's just a metaphor like and everything's like, like two or three metaphors too like I would say every like every at, at, at least two like double entendre sometimes triple right and like everything's just like not what it seems right yeah. so like they're talking to some guy like in that world and he's just like hey man like uh, the game talking about like uh, michael young and he was like uh you know he's like uh uh hey he had a whole lot of cheese plus he was a mac had a whole lot of steez so had a whole lot of cheese plus he was a mac so he's a big mac um with a whole lot of cheese just big mac extra cheese um uh made a lot of niggas fat gave a whole lot of g's grams, grams. 
uh, grams of food, and a whole lot of these. So, like, if you are if you're just eating a lot of those Big Macs, you're going to be gaining weight, but also like you know, hustler grams and a whole yeah. lot of these. Um, and he would let you uh, hold like a whole lot of keys. Uh, so he would front you. You would uh, even if and if you lost some, he'd give you new ones. He wasn't like that worried about it. He's like, just keep going. Like I'm not worried. Just keep it, keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, twice the bread. So uh, yeah, yeah. This is like a continuation big... of the Michael Young story too, or Michael Young history. This is right. his, the, he's the he is the he's not the dealer. He's the guy. He's like the the protagonist of the story, right? No, I don't think this is about. They, they're talking about Michael Michael Young right now. He's the one. He's the one dishing out the keys and the. Okay. No, he's not dishing out. He, yeah, yeah. He so he's dishing it out, and someone's like, "I'm." Have you heard about this guy? Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So he's right. on that side of the metaphor. I see. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's like right. he's like yo, this guy Michael Young is like an up and comer. Yeah, and, then, yeah. So and it's like all food. It. Like the whole thing is food. It's all fast food. It's not even, not even just fast food. It's just all food. Like it's all food metaphors throughout. The yeah, whole dude. Thing. They're tra- so they're tra- they're trying to eat off of them. Right. Yeah. They're eating off of his. Well, yeah. They're living and eating off of his. Um, off of his gains in the streets, selling. Well, they. Selling well, they. Bags. Yeah. They. They want to, and I think they're. I think this is like where they set him up for the die. Honestly. It's like here. Oh, I think this yeah, is the plot yeah. for it. You're right because like, it's only two tracks was, later. Yeah, they're like, yo, have you heard about him? Like, he's got a whole lot of cheese, and he's mad. Like, if we just get him mm, right now, that's interesting. I think you're right. What? Well, hold on. The last lyric is like making a killing the way he had him standing in line. Well, that's just he's like so he's like serving people. Like, yeah, he's, he's just, killing. Uh, he's killing. He's killing his customers with like drug addiction and overdose potential. Right, and like just making a bunch of money. But like twice the bread. Like he had two buns, but like twice the bread of a regular sandwich, like a Big Mac. You got the bread in the middle. Like he just had. One, I got one. Bread. I got one. Uh, I got one like complaint. It's a small, a small complaint. It's not really. It's not even a real complaint. It, we never got LUP end. Not yet, not yet. But if he if he does, I'm I'm gonna need a gotta eat part two, whatever that sounds like, right? Because um, yeah, I remember when this came out, being like, I can't wait, I can't wait for loop LUPN because we all thought, remember we thought he was gonna retire, like he was right. just gonna he put out LUPN and then disappear after. Yeah, he says that after the fighters is what we thought. Well, maybe he's also just gonna say, maybe he's just like saving LUPN for his true when he actually does retire. It's like giving me his true last record. We'll see, but anyway, he ends. He kind of ends the song on that note. Like, but will he give up his life of crime, or will he stay? Like, uh, he never stops with the uh, with the food stuff the whole time. He's like, he was a huh. heartbreaker. Which, if you have high cholesterol, you're gonna feel. Like <laughs> oh, that's so smart. Yeah, that's and so he smart. says a law shaker, but you, you, he goes a large shaker is what I hear. He was a large. He was a heartbreaker and a oh, large. Oh yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. Yeah, he so was about caking. Right, it was about caking. He was a partaker because he's eating. Yep. Um, that's how that's how that's how hard he was fishing for chips, fishing. Chips yeah, so was... international, he would uh, take trips, Boyne Voyage. That's how hard he was fishing for the chips. Like he was like, I want to eat the chips over there. Yeah, like, fishing. Like, well, will... fishing chips is that like English meal? But why is he right. Bon Voyage? Well, I guess it's just under- well. So he wanted the money from the other side of the world too. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Bon so Voyage he went, is he's not saying, English. He's, well, he's saying that the guy went international. 
You went in your so, like we Europe. yeah, and he was like, uh, that's all hard. He was fishing for the chips. Um, yeah. so greedy, never gave to the needy. That's what some say. Um, the way he showed him the bums all hanging in the subways, subway. Yeah, I mean, once again, this one, this one's pretty. Like, there's just a there's a food line in every. Basically, there's a food metaphor throughout. The food is the food he's referring to is like the drugs, right? Like that's that's clear. What's well, food, yeah, that and uh, yeah, just like yeah, definitely just the money, drugs. success, like money in general. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that that's a great one. Let's move into the next track. We don't, we're we're running short on time. I want to make sure we can actually finish because the next probably three are going to really push us here. So. Specifically, this next one. This next one is hefty, hefty business. Um, we don't have to spend a world of time on it, but we we're gonna have to talk at least a little extensively about it because it is it is the single best piece of writing on the on the album. It's the best track on the album. It's the track from the cool. Um, this next track's called "Dumb It Down." Have a listen. Carrera. Dumb it down. Coolest nigga. What? Dumb it down. Now hear this, I'm earless And I'm peerless That means I'm eyeless Which means I'm tearless Which means my iris resides where my ears is Which means I'm blinded But I'ma find it, I can feel its nearness But I'm a veer so I don't come near Like a chicken or a deer but I remember I'm not a listener or a seer So my windshield smear Here you steer, I really shouldn't be behind this Clearly cause my blindness The windshield is menstrual The whole grill is roadkill So trillin', so sincere Yeah, I'm both them there To both pills when the bloke in the trench coat And the lokes in the cheer had approached them here hey. Made it clear as a ghost So I bite the other dokes in the I mean, it almost, it's almost a disservice to Sam To only play 30 seconds of that song I mean, it's, it, it, it's one of his best songs, period In this whole career for sure would you agree with that errol um yeah no i definitely think this would um if you had to show someone one loop a fiasco song if they didn't know this would probably be a good one this is a good short list it's on the short list yeah just to like uh it really shows exactly what he has to showcase and like um like where at least he stood at the time and like how he felt. yeah what do you think the song was largely about? Because I've got a, like a small theory. Uh, I mean, it's it's not it's not that difficult to kind of understand where he's, what yeah, he's trying I to say here. But... As, I always took it as just the hip hop industry in general. Like, yeah. um, he uh, he didn't want to like conform to like standards. Everyone was like, "Why don't you just like legitimately like make like stuff easier to understand? You don't need to like." you know do all these euphemisms and metaphors and like god forbid a, a concept album like you know what i mean I mean they're like a you already have the stuff this deep like why not just make a commercial hit or just make commercial hits and so i that's one of the arguments i don't like either like a lot of people will be like oh if you're good at music then just make the best music for everyone and like i think at a certain point as an artist you want to challenge yourself you want to make stuff for you not necessarily just stuff that everyone would think is great, yeah. um, but that's the struggle. Do you make stuff that's commercial to say that you're technically the best because you sell the most, or do you make stuff that a couple guys make a podcast about, like in a like you know, a bunch of years after it dropped, and they're like, "Oh, we think that this is really, really good." Yeah, see, that's the difference. Like, yeah, I, I think the dude just 
I've said that I've said it enough times. I think I've almost said it too many times in the podcast, but I'll, I'll just reiterate one more time. Like just the absolute refusal to conform, like will not be put in a box. And he explicitly said, I like that. He just explicitly says it in the song. Like I just will not dumb it. I'm not bringing down the quality of my writing. I'm not going to bring down anything for money, not for, not for fame or success. I'm going to do. And he actually was one of the few artists to achieve both. Like he has commercial success along with his like independent following. Um, the one thing I did want to tie in, if I, I'll pull a lyric out of here, is like, uh, Pimp, Pimp see the wings on the underground king who's also cling, cling on to infinity and beyond. Something really stinks, but a sphinx like Leon or lion in the desert. Um, the sphinx like Leon is that, I just wanted to tie that into our previous podcast. Uh, that's that obviously uh, Leon, Leon Spinks re- uh, reference, who is the guy oh, yeah. who, took Muhammad Ali's uh, heavyweight championship away, which we, we did talk about uh, Muhammad Ali um, on the Sonny Liston podcast. So I want to make sure we at least catch that one if we're not going to catch any, because that doesn't Dude, actually... So if I'm going to do anything, it's legitimately just going to be like the, the first ver- the first verse as well. I'll oh try my God, it's so packed. It's so, so packed. <laughs> so that's the thing. I'll try to touch on everything, but I think there's stuff that hasn't been like touched on, especially not on like, you know, rap genius because rap they, genius, can only, right, yeah. they can only extrapolate so much. This is what I will say. We, we've been talking about this track since high school. This one's been circulating in our like uh, our hypotheses for literally ten plus years. It's a it's it's been around. So go ahead. Let's uh, I, if there's any, I hope it's been a while since we talked about it. So this will this will at least sound fairly new. Right. This will have to be the culmination of all. Okay. Right. So um, he goes uh, I'm fearless now hear this i'm earless so this is let's just uh mr potato head him you know what i mean just like mm-hmm. a blank slate he's fearless so he's not scared of anything that is his main trait not scared of anything now hear this i'm earless take his ears off and i'm peerless so he has no equals to him but he he can't see like because he's peerless he can't see so he has he has no ears he has no eyes so also has no ears. He's not hearing anything from anyone else. So he can't tell him anything. It doesn't matter. It's like the Helen Keller track. I think is how he actually coined. He like called it the Helen Keller track because he's just like taking his senses away throughout. Right. And then he goes, which means I'm tearless. So he has no eyes. Tearless. So tearless. So he's not going to cry about anything. But also, there's no tear that he's on. There's no. You can't put him in a tear. Oh, right. I, okay. Yeah. yeah I never, that one's new for me. I, if you said that to me before, I forgot it. And it's, I would, I did not come upon that. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's not sad and he's also tearless, which means my iris resides where my ear is. So iris, of course. So my eyes, my eyes resides where my ears is. So let's say his, uh, his sight resides where his ears are. Um, because the he can't see, so his only hope is hearing, even though he's earless. But if his um, eyes are where his ears is, then he's now, as he says next, which means I'm which blinded. means I'm blinded. But here's the thing: iris is a plant. The it's an it's an iris. Uh, so it's just like a like a blue, nice little plant, and uh, it represents courage, faith, and wisdom. So. His in hope, so his hope. Okay. So he's eyeless and he's peerless, but he doesn't have his ears. But that's still where his hope resides is in his in his ears. He's like that's yeah, my because, only hope. 
Because that's because that's what he. Well, it's also he's also a musician. Like he's in the he's in the music industry. So right. Like, it only works as as good as his ear is. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, I well, I didn't know that about the plant iris because I I always I always thought he said. Which means my eyes is where my, where my, my iris, eyes is reside. My iris, which would still be your eye, because the iris. Yeah, is your technically eye. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's you. it's both. But he can find it. I can feel its nearness because he can't really use like his. He's blind and he's deaf pretty much. So he could, but right. he's like feeling around for it. He can feel its nearness. But he's a veer, so he doesn't come near. So he's a veer. So of course he veers off, like you know, he veers away from. Right, and then they're talking. To, like, then they goes into the roadkill aspect. Well, but like, to to veer to veer is to strive to win over another. Mm-hmm. But he's a he's a contender, so he doesn't come near. Like, like yeah. he's a contender, so he's far, and he doesn't come near. He veers away from, so he's far away from his contenders, is what he's saying. Right, and then well, then but he's far away. But then, but like a chicken or a deer. But I remember, I'm not a listener or a seer, so because he's not a because he has the senses are gone. Uh, he, well, he says here, you steer. I really shouldn't well, be behind goes, this because well, the senses are gone. Like and a his chicken windshield or a deer. smeared because he actually hits the deer. Well, yeah, or and the chicken. Why the chicken cross the road? Oh yeah, that's okay. Like a chicken yeah, or a deer, and then deer, yeah. and then deer just get hit by cars all the time. He says the my, the windshield is menstrual. The whole grill is roadkill. Right. What's the menstrual line? Because I just assume the, that that so like the, he's the blood. Windshield, the, the blood. windshield is menstrual. It's just covered in blood. Right. It's just covered in blood from the from the roadkill. Right. And the grill. The whole grill is roadkill. Like obviously he's talking about his like teeth. Like he's refer. There's like a double entendre for his like. It's a criticism of like the Houston scene and grills on the teeth. Thing. I mean, I but he's also it. obviously. Running over uh, a deer, uh, so trill and so sincere. Yeah, I'm both in there. Yeah, I mean, like roadkill just kind of looks gross too. So you could say the whole grill is roadkill, where you're just like, Ugh. and then he goes into the matrix, right? It took both pills when the bloke in the trench coat and the lokes in the chair had approached him here. Oh, ooh, okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. This is the red, red pill, blue pill. Uh, Matrix conversation. Jesus, this is like you could just do a whole episode. Future reference: This dude's not getting a whole episode to one album because I feel like we just can't. It's just can't everything. Like uh, he refers to mean and vicious too. I thought I saw that uh, when I was reading through it. I was like, oh shit! Like only a um, only a like uh, like an OG Lupe fan would get that line because. Um, mean and vicious is that track that track is so fucking good. Mean and vicious yeah. is a beast, that thing's a monster. He was doing um, his thing, doing his thing, thing. Uh, and then so Gemini's got the hook on the on the on the choruses or one of them, and he's just like basically conv- trying to convince him to to dumb it down because like he'll he'll get rich. All right. Should we? Should we, I know there's. I know there's a lot. Should we just move on? And make, can we? Can we note that we're gonna? We could do like a dissection on this whole on this whole song, in the future. Yeah, we probably should because uh, I think we should because I just I just don't I don't this doesn't feel like justice to it. I mean, this album yeah, is there's two good. other whole ver- yeah we you know, know what we will do that just let's do a follow up. We're gonna note this. Yeah, let's note this down. We will come back to this um, forthcoming. Not like. 
maybe after our break, maybe that could be one that we'll do. We'll come back in um, in the fall and we'll we'll pump out one where we kind of pull this thing apart because, like, like you just said, dude, there's fucking two other verses and you each verse is like that. You could spend ten minutes on each verse minimum, and there's three of them. And that's without talking about the concept. I mean, it, the overall the overarching emphasis is on the idea that he's you know lupe just refuses he's not like gonna dumb down the lyrics specifically for commercial sales he's basically just his you know he's gonna and it's also he spits in the face he makes the song extremely layered as like a piece of irony to be like not only will i not dumb it down for commercial sales but i'm also like i look at how much worse this can get for you like uh, yeah yeah, it's powerhouse, powerhouse track. Doesn't feel. I feel bad, but we're gonna, you know, I feel bad skipping it or not skipping it, but no, don't not. feel bad because we're gonna give it, give it actual justice. And yeah, let's do. We'll do a whole album or a whole episode on dumb it down. So, um, if you want to hear more about dumb it down, go to Rap Genius, read about it, and then sit tight for us because we'll, we're gonna circle back to that in uh, in some time here. So let's move on to the next one so we can do the album in full and make sure we get to every track. Next track up. This one's called Hello Goodbye. This one, another deep one here, Errol, uh, Jesus. Um, this one we can probably take on, though, because I think this one's pretty straightforward. I mean, this one's, this is about, um, this is a confrontation with um, a, the apocalypse, a nuclear apocalypse in some ways. Um, I mean, mostly just like the destruction of man. Uh, there's like warfare theme here. Um, I see a lot of like, uh, for me, it's like, um uh, is it nuclear? Is it a nuclear conversation? I, I think, think it is. I think it is nuclear. Um, you know why I know that? Because I think because doesn't he include a Japanese artist to do the instrumentation here? Uh yeah, I think it's I think it might be. Is it with Uncool or is it with Japanese cartoon? It's I think it's with Uncool and then which is a British outfit, Chris Goss. Is a producer Josh Holm. Uh, Josh Holm from uh, Queens of the Stone Age does the guitar. Maybe I was wrong. Yeah, I think it's so, uncool. So I'll tell you exactly why I think it's definitely uh, nuclear based. Is uh, the chorus? It's, well, it also uh, says "Don't breathe the air." It said everything's right. going like, to be everything's okay. Gonna be okay. Just don't breathe the air. Right, and uh, the the chorus itself. It's a uh, hello darkness. Hello, hello sunshine. sunshine. Well, we learned Hello. that in Oppenheimer, right? Well, you do that before that, but like we, t- right. I should say, we talked about it in Oppenheimer, where like the the light is that of the sun when a nuclear uh, detonation takes place, right? And also like darkness, as in like death. 
So it's just like, hello, yeah. death. Hello, just the brightest light you've ever seen. Hello, and then back to the death. Hello, not at all. Hello, all the time. Like, hello, well, yeah. And also, all, you could, all the time. you could also, that could also be reference to uh, radiation. So, like, you can't see it, but it's still there all the time. Yeah, it's not there at all, but it's there all the time. Hello, nowhere. Hello, oblivion. Oblivion. Hello, hello goodbye. goodbye. Like, yeah. it's just well, the, like, yeah, the second the nuke flashes, it's just like. He also says, Konichiwa. Like, so it's reference to, like, uh hiroshima nagasaki right that could be that's what that could be in reference to well um oh yeah well i think he's just like literally he's he's talking to everyone he's like uh like you know how's it going like uh how are you doing like konichiwa well, isn't konichiwa isn't that japanese he goes so here's the thing he's um he's talking to the end of the world he's like a pleased to make your acquaintance salutations Konnichiwa. and yeah, that is like another like yeah, it is like I, it would I would. Well, say I think that and also I think that Konnichiwa means both though, doesn't it? Doesn't it mean like good morning and good night or something? Like no, that? I think you're thinking of uh, Aloha. Aloha. Uh, Aloha. Yeah, yeah, you would be right. Yeah. Well, either way, um, yeah, maybe that that actually might support my my first claim then. Um, yeah, Konnichiwa but... is just hello. Yeah, I mean it's definitely about like atomic. I think it's about the atomic bomb or nuclear nuclear weaponry or whatever. Maybe not even that specific. It could just be about like the destruction of of. Well, it's uh, a war going on either man. way, and like one right. of the dudes is being turned on, and like I I love that. Uh, I love uh, the the second verse about that, where it's just like a guy, a war hero who thinks he's like on the he's. Uh, He's done so well. He's literally trained everyone for it. But once everything like goes to hell, like they need a fallout guy, and it's just him. Like, and then yeah. so everyone runs up. So, uh, they're like, um, uh, if we if they can get their hands on the mask that he wore on his face, they can put someone in his place to restore the state that the illusion that, that it's safe. They can just be like, it was this guy. This guy messed up. This yeah, is the point I messed up. Right. We killed him. And then, um, yeah, as gas fills the room and rockets destroy everything around him, he stands to find himself surrounded by thousands of soldiers who he once trained to never miss their targets, heartless. Well, here's a theory from a contributor on Rap Genius. They indicate a possible reference to Uncool, pronounced similar to Uncool, uh, who are featured on the song. Michael Young History is experiencing the ill effects of fame, and those who once loved and adored him have now turned against him, possibly influenced by the game. After following the cool through many different scenarios and situations, the narrator comes to the conclusion that Michael Young history has lost everything the streets gave him and became and becomes uncool. So this is the start of the downfall. Yeah, which leads us. This is perfect because we're gonna just we're gonna cruise right on into it. Like so, this is kind of more linear than I realized. The way that he's constructed these songs, I think all these songs are pretty much related to him in some way. Yeah, there's like only part, not the whole thing, but parts of the his Michael Young history has coursed through this album in like each song in chunks. Like not one song is totally about him, but not one song is not about him. Oh my! If it was him, he just sits and waits for him to kick him in the door. He once was a hero. They don't love him no more. There's a blast every time a ten hits the floor. His gift for night fighting. His gift for not fighting another man's war. So they, he just doesn't want to fight for the game. Yeah, yeah. I think this is. I think this is specifically positioned right behind our next track on purpose, right? 
because he's it's it's pushing it right it's pushing into that that theme of what we're coming to next i didn't even make that connection until you or even like ascertain the connection until you uh mentioned it there but i i do kind of like that i really do i think it works he taught all the people in the streets to shoot oh yeah so it's it's literally turned against him yeah right so like his his malfeasances in the streets and his like mistreatment of his community is the drug, right. the drug dealing, he taught them all and now they're turning against him mm, yeah so it's like the once again it's the cycle just like we talked about in the previous episode like that that's what the cool the song the cool is about he's, is like he's reaping nature. he's reaping what he sowed he's reaping what he sowed yeah and and he's gonna reap what he sowed in full when we get to our next track this one we're gonna we're gonna smoothly transition into this next one right from hello goodbye into the 16th track on the album this one's called the die i present the death of the cool well i heard like cows that all your enemies want to shoot you down they got ak-47s and a bunch of mag 11s and the automatic weapons that produce pals word on the streets they all got heaters they gon' hit you up you ain't even gon' see it you got a lot of money i ain't trying to be funny but to see it where you're going you ain't even gon' need it they see it round round shining with your fine round diamonds pretty green eyed lady been on the sideline popping while you prime time popping hungry niggas want a piece of your pastry i suggest you protect your bakery cause they coming for your head and it's a bounty on the chain that's hanging from your neck you see I the die featuring uh gemstones dude uh just before we like dive into the content like i just gotta say where's this dude gemstones been at on this album like he came in fucking throwing heat on this (laughs) on this track i mean he only gets like they do like the back and forth like the the call and respond thing in the third verse together but like just his own verse that second verse from gemstones i mean he is throwing 120 miles an hour on that first unreal errol you still there did i lose you bud no 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 i am still here um okay so i guess yeah no no you're good to go so um i am going to call back to that call and respond but a little bit later than you would think um okay but uh Yes, uh, gemstones. Uh, he he come, He's like literally. He's like firing. He comes oh out. God, he yeah. comes out hot. He's just like, like a, like run a tat tat, click clack. Right, but um, I believe in this one. He is like um, a personification of the game. Yeah, well, yeah, because and he's so you get you get the game in the streets because like, uh, Lupe's lyricism would be Michael Young history, right? Right. And and gemstones, which at this point he's representing the the game, or the streets, and then gemstones would be representing the game. So you get the duality of both characters in this scenario where they're together. Yeah, and then the streets would be the chorus, or not the chorus, but the die. die. Yeah, that's right. That'll be all right. Yeah, I mean this 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 thing is like a power. By the way, like just just like I, in terms of like speed rap like rapping like really fast like this this is like if when you learn the lyrics to the song it's like one of the more fun songs to 
to wrap along to, which I just love. Like, I love how quick this thing moves. Like, well, like and he, they, um, oh, wait. Uh, so, like, they're just, it's, if Lupe's Michael Young, uh, I don't think it would, I think, no. I don't think he is Michael Young. This is guys are, uh, they're talking to him. Because he's like, I heard like a group of cows that all your enemies want to shoot you down. They got AKs and or they got AK forty sevens and a bunch of Mac eleven semi automatic weapons uh, that produce kapows. Word on the street is that they all got heaters. They're gonna hit you up. You ain't even gonna see it. Uh, yeah, you got a lot of money. I ain't trying to be funny, same but um, they're saying when you go, ain't even gonna need it. He goes, die. <laughs> I love that they dropped the die. Like so, that's just like the word on the street is like you're going to. They're gonna fucking. They're gonna smack you. They're gonna just shoot you in the back of the head. Like that's just what's gonna happen. Yeah. Like you've you've lived up. They're gonna get you. Like that's what's happening. And uh, he goes, "I see you riding round, shining with your fine round diamonds, pretty green eyed lady." The streets. Mm, yeah, you're right. Because oh, her eyes glow green. You're right. Her eyes yeah, glow green. That was mentioned in the Riding around with the streets. The person wants oh, the streets. Yeah, you're right. Yep. yep. So yep. they've been plotting, uh, plotting on the sideline, or they've been on the sideline plotting while you were, while you were, or while you prime time popping. Um, they're gonna, they're coming after his pastry because they want a piece of his pastry, and there's a bounty on the chain. So like there's like someone's like I, not only do people want the stuff but someone's like I will pay you to kill him and bring that to me. Well, it's referenced like all of his songs. Like there's a song called "Real Recognize Real." The character of the game is apparently eavesdropping on this conversation. It's oh also it's not it's not real recognize real. That's the pills. Oh okay. Oh, it's either okay. the pills. It's either the pills or I found. It's not real recognize real. Oh okay. Yeah, you might be right. They say, they say the game has a belly of beasts, blunts for fingers and hollow tips for teeth, wiretaps for ears, Nike ears on feet, for feet. So like... The game's just a beast. Oh, it's just it's a personification. That's just all that is. That's just a personification of the game. Yeah, she's a beast. Wow. Oh, yeah. This, this is... That's as clear. I've never actually... See, this one always felt straightforward to me because it just felt like a one-way metaphor. But in in fact, it's it's really like it's like at least double layered with these two uh, the, the game in the streets personified characters, right? Yeah, and like the the uh, the these characters are like hedged out before the album even comes out, and yeah, I mean, that's like true. we're saying the in the cool the ending is hedged out before the <laughs> this comes out. Well, yeah, it's like it's a prequel in a lot of ways. Yeah. Right. Okay. And um, yeah. so I think um, gemstones verse is just uh the uh like uh like the uh what is it like bravissimo? What is it like the uh bravado? The uh, the, the, the mafioso. I think I mixed mafioso, mafioso yeah, and yeah. bravado. It's mafioso rap. Yeah, like it's like the like it's the, like the game, and he's like, oh, why? What are you worried about? Like we're at the top. You're with the streets. We're gonna hit him with the Right a tat tat, click clack. He's like, they're not even gonna see it, or it's either that, or they're like, you know, when we see him, we're going. No, it's not. Yeah, because it's his boy. Because he talks to him, he's like, yeah, we're gonna step out the side. So he's like, yeah, why are you tripping? He's like, we're gonna hit him with the same stuff you're talking about. No, 
No, it's a prequel. It's a prequel. There, the no, guy so who gets shot at the end is Michael Young. Gem, yeah, Gem, Gemstones is talking. So, sorry. Sorry for getting the uh, messed up. So, Gemstones, he's like, um, you know, hit him with the mini strap, clap. Uh, They're just talking here. shit. Yeah, and he's like, man, I heard Michael Young is a real clown here. Run up on a, a nigga from the back with a Mac, gonna squeeze, uh, or gonna be strapped because a nigga finna squeeze off uh, then uh, run up on this nigga, like, or yeah, right a tat tat. Um, yeah, so they're just like, we're gonna kill him. They're gonna rub him out like Oxy 10, which is just a, uh, it's, I guess it's an, it's an acne thing. They're gonna pop him. Yeah. Yeah, so this is all this is a targeted hit on Michael Young. And that's what happens at the end, is you hear him get shot. Right. And then yeah, they uh they're just talking about their uh we don't really need to do anything. We're just gonna like go to the club, like you know, hang out with some girls. It's it's gonna it's gonna be okay. Like we're just gonna do this, hang back around, and then they get rolled upon. All right, let's move into the next track. Um all right, yeah, I've actually got to uh, just uh, I got to take care of my daughter's awake, so we're just gonna push. Uh, we'll push the next track. We'll just play the whole damn thing, and uh, this will be a little bit of an extended break. I'm just gonna go check and uh, do this. Hey, this is live radio. This is the things that happen. So let's move into the next one. That's the die, a prequel to the track, the cool from the debut album, Food and Liquor. Uh, this next one, we'll just move right on into it. I'm going to take care of that. This one's a uh, 17th track on the cool. This one's called Put You On Game. This place, and I've begun this race. Must I rerun this pace? I'm the reason it's become this way, and their love for it is the reason I have become this praise. They love my darkness, I've made them heartless, and in return, they have become my martyrs. I've been in the poem of many a poet, and I reside in the art of many a artist. Some of your smartest have tried to articulate my whole partness, but they're fruitless in their harvest. The drove grows from my footsteps. I'm the one that they follow. I am the one that they march with. Through the back alleys and the black markets, the oval offices, the crack houses and apartments. Through the mazes of the queens, the pages of the sages and the chambers of the kings. This one's called uh, Put You On Game, this is the 17th track in the album. Um, this one is like, uh, this is like an unconventional rap song. There's not really a, there's not really a chorus like at all. I mean, there's basically just thrown in a, uh, a voice just like whispering, let me put you on game in between some of the verses. Um, I am the American dream, the rape of Africa, the undying machine, the overpriced medicine, the murderous regime. I mean, if there's one lyric in the, in the song that can truly like encapsulate what Lupe is going for, I mean, he's really just going for the uh, the most menacing um, underlying motive of of things going on in America. That is, well, it, with America. 
Yeah, it is, it is just this this song is just the uh, the game personified. Yeah, it's the worst of it's the worst of um it's the worst aspects of like society and exploitation of American society. You know, like it's just it's just taking the game to the next to the most extreme um well, the most extreme I, point. This is what he's saying is the game is deep down. Like this is the stuff that's been like passed on from like, you know, it's been there all Right, he's like expanding it outside of the hood um, culture, like the game part of like um, you know drug dealing and that that part of the culture that's the the part of the culture is mostly been referring to up to this point, and now he's going deeper into like the roots of it. Money, it's referred to in like money, drugs, capitalism, gangsters, guns. Um, Oh yeah. References to corrupt corporations are weaved throughout this track. Overpriced, overpriced medicine. Uh, the ruler of the Oval Offices, like so, he he's expanding into like true societal issues. Um, yeah, and he's saying they're all caused by the game, right? All yeah, so like this greed, this indicating like- that indicating you're right that like greed and that greed and um and hedonism and like well, what what it is is he uh he's just calling out the societal the societal uh, consciousness the uh, uh the uh, collective consciousness the egregore that is like just uh the bad stuff like dude everyone's greedy or everyone wants to be greedy he's drawing a parallel he's drawing a, like i think he's drawing a parallel between like um so like obviously there's a parallel he's trying to draw between the motivations of people in power and and people in the streets so like they're all their motivations are similar or or close to the same in that they want money, drugs, capitalism, gangsters, guns. Like all like those are like the five greatest of evils according to um, this contributor to rap genius. Which is like I think that's actually. I mean, it's I agree with some of that. It's weird that it's uh, cat like I, I think it could have done a better job of like uh, chalking up the evils of of human beings, but. Um, it's just a weird list. I'm not, I'm not in, I think capitalism has its evil. They all have their evils, but I don't know that like money is purely evil. I think he, I think the pursuit of it unrelentingly could be evil, but it's a weird, I wouldn't categorize money itself as being evil. I wouldn't categorize drugs as being evil. Um, I think, um, I think what he is saying is like the game is evil. Yeah, I think that's what they're. I think there's a pair. The game is both because both people are playing the game. Like you've got the the game is what is multiple levels. Like that is what is like the evil in man is like. If you want to play the game, then you're going to try to come out on top. And then if you come out on top, then that is at the. uh, It's it's because others you beat other people. It's because. yeah, and you have to step over individuals yeah. to like reach your success. Like, what happens when you win the game? You become an Alexander the Great. You like conquer everything. You become like you know the the best rapper around. You become a uh, with a literal game. You like you know you become the um, you know you're the victor. But in that, someone loses. You become a bad guy in someone's story. Yeah, yeah. This is. I think this is right. I think this is what he's going for in this song. I think it's just a. It's a, it's just a contrast. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, 
we could do a lyric for lyric breakdown of this one too because it actually is pretty pretty well layered once again so um, if um if the pills is the song that introduces the streets and the game would be the one that like really gives an overview on uh, or sorry put you on game would be an overview of the game yeah but he's like he's taking he's like extending it to He's extending the game into, like he even says, one of the oldest, most ancientest of things. Speak every single language on the planet. Like he's, uh, he's I mean, in, yeah, he's literally he's saying, saying that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a collective eg- egregore. It's a collective conscience. Yeah, I think you, um, I think you, you pinned it right there. I think yeah, it's, it. it's something that's always existed. He was just able to human nature down. Yeah, yeah. Some, it's, well, it's so it's, it's not human nature though, because some, some people. It, it's innate, but some people don't hear that call to the game. Or to no, the- I think they do hear that call. I think some people. I just think some people are willing to be corrupted by it, but from circumstance or and some, some by, you know, uh, necessity. Necess- well, yeah, this, that that would be another one. Some would be that um, they inherit it uh, intergenerationally from from a, from a past generation who necessitated it. Like there's a lot of reasons, a lot of things. And what's the game? The game is the game is uh you know is criminal activity on behalf of poverty or something the along game, those lines. The game is underhanding. Yeah, well, right. Right. The game is is pursuit of the game is pursuit of status, social status within one's habitat. Ahead of ahead of fulfillment and purpose mm-hmm. i mean that's that's i mean that's a i just i just whipped that together like i don't i think i hold me to it it's but. just um it's just a it's just greed selfishness yeah i think that's about right i think greed is a good one because i think that ties in with the like the capitalism aspect of the evils and um no greed's good let's chalk it up as greed i think that's right um hey we only got one uh two more left so let's let's move into the next one and they're he closes it out on an interesting note. Um, fighters, this next one's called Fighters. This one's a little bit more. Um, well, let's starts just tone it down. Yeah, he starts. He's like kind of. He kind of slows things down a bit for this one. But let, let's dive into it. This one's featuring Matthew Santos. This one's called Fighters. Is it cars? Is it girls? Is it my life? The world? Or is it something they could never believe? Or is it something you could never achieve? Is it beyond your means? Is it inside your dreams? Can it never come out? Cause it's scared to, unprepared to, to worry about the words of the people it's weird to. You don't want them to hear you You just wish it was a door that would appear That you can go disappear through Well, I'm feeling your pain I was feeling the same But I said I'd never feel that again When the fighters Yeah, that one's called Fighters uh, I love the way, I love the song I, I, I know it's not, it doesn't kind of tie in exactly to the um, the concept album I mean, it does, because everything does um, Because it's just about so much, but well, it would um, it's not a continuation because we already had the death of of um of Michael Young history. Nah, nah, don't do that to him because you know more than anyone that this is not a linear concept album. 
this would that's be true, right. That's this true. would be how he's feeling during uh uh during Hello Goodbye. Yeah, sort of. I guess so. A- I mean, I think he's more just talking about I think he just wanted to I think he wanted a song on this on this album that marked what he was going through at the time. Cause this is obviously he pays tribute to his the his deceased father and he's trying to imagine that uh he's trying to imagine him in in heaven with his grandmother um and Aunt Tweedy. Like he's just dealing he's coping with death in this Oh song. yeah, no de- definitely it seems like definitely very personal. But no if I were to draw the parallel it would just be because at one point um, he goes uh, like when you're surrounded uh, by thousands who you train to never miss their targets. And then he's like, when the fighters are all around and all the lovers are underground, no one to save you anymore. So what's happening? Like, what are you doing now? What are you rapping about now? Little boy? Is it cars? Oh, Is yeah. it, like what's really important? Is it cars? Is it girls? Is right. It Cause this, they've been wiped out from the right. So like, it's yeah. just, it's like, like now that, now that that's actually were, a good theory. Yeah, like now that you are going to die, like what's happening? Like, what are you rapping about now? Like now that you're knocking at death's door, like we're all gonna like you know, is it is, oh, are the cars important or the girls important? Is it the money, or is yeah. it something that they would never that they could never believe? Like just something phantasmagorical. Well, I think the something... last one, the last, uh, the last, the the uh, final measure of the chorus where he says the world. What are you rapping about? Is it cars? Is it girls? Is it money? The world? Right. That's the answer. Yes. That's the only one that's yes. That's what he is like for Lupe. Not for, maybe not for Michael Young history, but for Lupe. Yes. He's, he's, right. this whole album is about the world in a lot of ways. It's about, it's not a lot just, of his stuff is really worldly. Of course it is because it's not just about fucking America and like the troubles in America. It is because this is where he was, you know, this is where he was raised, but like you know what he this, does, dude. He goes to see Paris, dude. He wakes up in Tokyo. He has a dream in New Orleans, but then he's he falls. He, he fell in love with Chicago. He talks about the child soldiers of East Africa, the horn on the horn of Africa. Like, like this dude is not like he's just not that. He's not that artist who's just stuck in their own world, seeing things from the only the perspective of his peers. Like he's just he stands alone, man. He stands alone. It's he's. He's such an impressive um, figure in this world, in this world of music. Like, and I mean, uh, all music, all music, not just hip hop. So, um, well, let's do it. I mean, let's let's close it out. It's closing out with a fun one. This one's for the ladies. Uh, this one's called "Go Baby." Let's find somewhere we can go crazy at And for you, baby, I'll be a maniac And you don't have to worry about nothing Cause every time I see you, baby, you'll be rolling with me Or I'll be on the sidelines rooting for my dime Holding up my sign and it says Go, baby, 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 go, baby Nineteen on the record, go baby. What do you think about this? Uh, dude, it like might be 
if it's not my favorite song on the track, it's what? Not my number one. Dude, it might be my number one guilty pleasure. Dude, this thing is so nice. You it's remember so what catchy. I said yeah, earlier? What I said earlier? I was like, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back the call and response thing. Dude, this song is call and response. Yeah, because he says go baby and then he hits him on the hoop. Well, that and even like the uh the music itself is just very like swingy, very like jazzy, and it's yeah, it's, it's like blues. It's like the old it's, blues. It's so wholesome. Like and it's just um, yeah. it's it, it harkens so, back to a different time, right? Exactly, it, and it brings you right right back to that. Like this would be um, it's like a it's I I love how like swingy it is, and it's just him being like unapologetic, unapologetically like uh rooting for his significant other. Yeah, it is. It's it's like, it's a warm haunting song. Yeah, it it's is. it's so refreshing in rap because a lot of times it's just like that bitch and like you know these hoes oh yeah yeah it can be very like sexist and like misogynistic in a pretty like horrible way and this is just not right like, like he's never like, like that though yeah no yeah no unless he's being like a person well if he's doing a, like a character like yeah, right but, like but we'll like he's not doing a character out. like most of the time most of the time he's just shedding perspective but it's a it's a fun track. I, I I don't know that I love it at the end. I, I mean, I like that he ends on a good note. I guess he ends on like a happy note. I guess. What do you? Uh, what part do you like? Oh, oh, you don't like that it ends with no. This yeah, no, it's not. That, no, I have no problem with the song. The song's great. I love the song. It's super catchy. I just I just wonder about. I, I would like to know what his his uh, motivations were. Um, to end the song on this on this track, I, w- I wonder why. Because I actually, in my opinion, I like this. I listened. I listened to the album front to back so many times in prep for this. I'll be honest. I really kind of wish he had ended on fires. I don't where know why, the, but it just go, me, baby, go. I don't know. That's <laughs> it, it, it's because it's like a it's like a it's such a strange track for the album because the album's so dark and it's got so much thematic element and he's just he's just taking on such like very difficult concepts and difficult topics that like i don't know i don't know where i think you know what it is you know exactly why he ended with this because it's the goddamn sorbet that we needed after all that yeah maybe maybe it's it's the palate cleanser after everything that we went through it's like okay he's like i'm just gonna get you some he's like i'm just gonna to have fun Right, he's like, I'm gonna hit you with the surefire superstar, sure chef, firecrack, extravagance, fantastic, soup, extra cheese. <laughs> I can't even. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, it's so, so it's so great. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so good. It is. It's so much fun. It's a really really fun song. But uh, I don't know. That was just my little. I I don't. I love the song and I want it on the album. I just I, for me, it just felt when I hear fighters and I hear the way fighters end. I'm just like on that like somber note. I'm just like damn. Like it really sunk me because that, that song is so like it's it's just so emotional and I like really could felt like I understood Lupe as a person more and then like this track kind of just like brings you back and almost it it's not that I don't like it there it's just that it doesn't feel like it fits there I guess that's I guess that's my only complaint if if I have a complaint on the album that's it if but, I were to have to put this into the Michael Young history universe this would be his song to like his baby mom. Yeah, maybe like right at that peak when he's like starting to start to get money, right? Anyway, he's like actually like it like before they got to like together, like him, like you know. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I can see that would actually, yeah, that could work. Um, but let's close it out because it's getting late, and we've listen. We did the best we could with this album, and 
There's no promises. Hey, listen, we're going to be doing this podcast for as long as we can possibly manage it. Maybe one day we'll come back. I know we're coming back for Dumb It Down. We're going to do a whole, we'll do a whole episode on that one track. Cause I just, I just don't feel right about leaving that thing. Um, I, we left a lot of stones unturned on it and I just don't feel right about it. And I don't think Errol does either. So um, that's Lupe Fiasco's The Cool. We did it front to back. We uh, went through the album. It took us quite a bit of time to do so. I'm glad we did it. Um, Errol, any other closing notes before we move into the next segment where we provide our rating and review? Um, the, yeah, the only closing thing I'd have is um, it's a... Um... It's a it's a standout album on like amongst like uh his already standout repertoire. Uh there's a lot of good so I I'm a sucker for the mixtapes, but this is like one of his better like full studio fully albums. put together yeah, exactly, like fully put together. Um I Perfect. Save that for your save that for your review because we'll do that. We'll we'll throw a little we'll throw a little bit of uh, commentary on the album. Just a couple of words before we give a rating and review. So listen, sit tight with us. We got one more break in us. Um, then when we come back in just a moment, we're gonna give our rating and review on Lupe Fiasco's The Cool. Hank, that will be right back. podcast we are closing this thing out this is the 11th overall episode it is our second in the music series we did it on lupe fiasco's the cool errol fire up your rating and review why don't you say a couple words about the album how you feel about it and then give us a rating out of 10 um so i would have to uh i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, spoil the rating um i would uh have to agree with uh stephen curry uh, Lupe Fiasco's The Cool would also be my favorite album. Um, he was quoted as saying that earlier. Uh, someone asked him, oh, like, what's your favorite album, like, of all time? Like, if you could only listen to one album, what's your one? And he's like, you guys aren't gonna... He's like, it's Lupe Fiasco's The Cool. <laughs> you probably Is it really understand. Steph Curry's? Yes, yeah, Steph Curry's. Oh. If he had to only listen to one album for the rest of his life it's lupe fiasco's the cool um i can absolutely understand that it's a it's it's a gosh darn opera the backstory behind it every single song independently slaps outside of that i mean at least if you grew up with it um maybe maybe it's a little bit harder to uh like you know uh introduce some people to but like gold watch is timeless um high definition has soup dog snoop dog uh paris tokyo that's also timeless. Superstar is just like if you look up a top hit song, that will come up and it'll happen. Oh yeah. Uh, the coolest is like the culmination of the whole album. Hip hop saved my life. Another great, just a commercial classic. Intruder alert. Terribly sad story. Streets on fire. Fire and brimstone. Little weapon. 
little weapon sad story gotta eat just banger dude it's i i don't my least favorite songs on this are the commercial ones and they're all good yeah it's true <laughs> those are my yeah. least favorite ones superstar was my least favorite song on this whole album until like recently until i actually like started looking into it and i was like oh my god it's all michael young why would he not uh-huh. why would he stop yeah. talking about a mid-album with a most important song <laughs> yeah it's absurd but yeah no right. uh, uh 10 10 it's a 10 it's so easy for you like, until 10. until i 10. can think until i can think of something better than this like i this is a. Uh, something i don't think i could ever like try to achieve to do like have something so webbed together like everything just so like i think it's concise a lot of the people who review this are just like they think it's just like a it's too much and that like the the ideas end up getting kind of lost in translation but i don't know Personally, I think a lot of people who listen to the album, they're like, oh, what do you mean the streets, the game? And like, you know, what's this have to do with Alexander the Great? Like, no, if you look, you know, and you're willing to like entertain like these characters as they are. It's this. Even outside of that, the album's great. You don't even need to know what he's going for here. And if you happen <laughs> yeah. to come across it, then it's like, oh, my God, what the heck is he? Talking yeah, just about? on a surface level, it's got so much to offer. I mean, just just musically alone. All these yeah, all really... these songs, all these songs operate outside of each other. They all mm-hmm. operate independently. Yeah, they do. I'm with you. I, I I couldn't agree more. Um, all right. So it's a ten out of ten for you, Errol. Okay. Well, for me, it's it's. Um, I actually don't think it's his best um, studio album. I'm gonna say that up front. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll name the albums that I like more. I actually like Food and Liquor more, very slightly. The his debut one? yeah his debut i like food and liquor a little bit more very slightly they're they're on basically the same par for me they're they're you know why they're similar to me to me they're similar because it's like they have like this similar con- like compilation where like the tracks i really like i really really like and the tracks that i don't like as much i still really like but not like yes. like <laughs> Like there's no weak spots. Like every song I'm into, I don't mind listening to any one song. I, I like them all. I like every song. And and food and liquor was that for me too. And I also just have a little bit more something about food and liquor just is a little bit more it's got that nostalgia thing too on top of it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very nostalgic for food and liquor. Food and liquor reminds me of like I don't know, being in high school playing NBA NBA Live 2004, and 2005. It's, like, it's, a, it's a little less like commercialized too. Yeah, it really is. Like you got the kick push track, which obviously is like a huge monster hit. And Daydreaming was a huge hit, but like it, a lot of the he Daydreaming does, is tough though. Yeah, Dude, yeah, I love tough robots. business. I love robots. I love uh Gundam. I just love the idea of like, yeah, it's really fighting. cool yeah Dude. i mean it's it's just a, it's a beautiful beautiful and the, uh, by the way one of the best samples ever too by the way oh yeah but let me finish my little diet my little uh i don't it's not a diatribe but let me finish my like uh what i mean to what i mean to like categorize because i want to i want to make sure that i have an opportunity to like justify my uh my positions on so food and liquor i like more i actually like um I don't currently like Drill Music and Zion, his newest album that came out last about a year ago. I don't know that I like it more, but I think I will. I think it, like I think it's going to age. Uh, it's going to age for me 
even more. Like, I just love the direction he's taking his career. Like, I love where his music has gone. It's evolved. It's like his, like his writing has evolved, but his like instrument, his instrumental selections have kind of not devolved, but they've like harkened back to like older sound. Like, I just love what he's done with his career. He's taking his time. He doesn't like, he's not pumping things out all the time. He's just like, a track here, a track there. I just love what he's done since this album. Um, I love the two Drogas albums. They're both great. Tetsuo in Youth obviously has Mural, which is the best song he's ever written. Um, he? Yeah, anyone's ever written. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring me a better one right now, I dare yeah, you. Yeah, impossible. It can't be done. It's literally like the greatest piece of music ever written. I mean, Put some respect. Well, I mean, I'll try. Music, I'll try. I'll well, try in look. all fairness, but in all fairness, not all music is lyrical. So, like, uh, you know, oh, so if we're talking lyrics, it sounds like a skill issue. Then <laughs> maybe. Well, I'll tell that to Mozart. Yeah, um, <laughs> you can't. He's dead. Um. Anyway, so you know, T- Tetsuo and Youth has has mural. That's a big advantage. Although I think the rest of the rest of that album does have some some banger tracks on it you know throughout it's doesn't as a complete work it's not it's not on the same level as the cool so it real quick if you uh, with drill music and zion you need to uh uh precious things is almost a uh not like a callback to high definition but he it's all hand signals it's all hand stuff it's crazy it's which one is that precious things the i don't know one. them by title but... um is it the mall? No, it's kiosk. No, kiosk, and that's the next one I was gonna talk about. Kiosk <laughs> is lit because kiosk is just about it's about like the game. It's about like the call of he's like you could yeah, come it's here. the call of the game in the mall. Yeah. Like, but it, it's a it's a better call though because it's not like he. Mm. It's more of like a you can come here it's and subtle. you can. I it, I don't think it's evil. I don't think it's an evil hearkening because he's like if no, you I said here, it's subtle. I think it's more subtle. That's what right. that's what about he, it makes it more realistic. He's like, you can come here and you can like help people out and it like might help you too. And then the guy goes, I already have a gold watch or I already have a watch. And he's like, oh, right. like, excuse me. I love that at the end. I love that. That was like him like rejecting the game. Well, someone just being like, no, I'm no, they're just, they, they write him off. They're like, no, he's yeah. like, yeah, I don't care about the wonders of whatever you're talking about. Old man, you're crazy. I'm already rich. Like already, I can, <laughs> yeah. just, I can make money just by just doing what I was doing. He's like, oh, like right. you know, don't even. I'm sorry. Well, it's so great, and like that, we can speak more to this. Like he's still just pushing the same. A lot of and it's not to say that he hasn't like his perspectives haven't evolved because I'm sure they have. But like he's just once again like he's just taking on he's just taking on what all the expectations that you have for for a a, a black male artist in the hip hop regime. Like he's just pushing back on all of that through his writing. And the cool was I'm, I'm very close to this album because it's just been, it's been a part of, like I said, Errol and I haven't talked about this album for 10 plus years. I mean, it's been, it's been in our lives for, since it came out. Um, We've literally been talking about it since it came out. So we would have probably cleared up with it by like right around now if we started like recording it ten years ago. Be like, all right, guys, <laughs> yeah. we finally like think we have it. Figured I think out. we understand what he means by all this. But um, for me, it's for me, it's probably it's in the pantheon of great of all time great hip hop studio albums. Um, I do think I agree with you, Errol. I think the mixtapes are better. Um, just as a whole, 
like all all the mixtapes combined versus all the studio albums combined i'm going mixtapes all day if i had to choose between the two um that being said it is an all-time it's in the pantheon of all-time great hip-hop albums um very quietly it's um it's got everything you could ever want especially with tracks like gold watch dumb it down streets on fire the coolest more, more like probably first and foremost uh, maybe a little bit before the dumb it down track but um it's an amazing album it's 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 70 minutes it's not too long it's an hour it's, it's like right in the wheelhouse perfect perfect length great pacing you're never bored with it it flies right by it's just a it's just a great great record that being said because it's not his best album in my opinion I got to go, I got to, I got to give him a slight, I can't get, cause if I give him, if I give this album a 10, I'd have to give like most of his stuff a 10 because I don't even think it's the best of what he's had to offer. Well, yeah, I mean, if that says anything, then like, I'm like, a, I'll just have to say stuff that I don't like about it, but I still don't see anyone doing stuff better. Like for me, cause that's I know. His, even the I worst of said, the, I even said, the worst like, of the his stuff. I like more than this. I'm like, I this know. is a 10. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah but the mixtapes are a 10 too in some ways it depends on the mixtape but like for me it's it's a solid nine it's like an it's the easiest nine i could ever give anything and i actually feel like i'm undercutting a little bit it's a it's a nine out of ten for me and where i have to give it a couple of demarcations are, are simply like um there's no bad songs this isn't a shot at the songs um but like there's just some songs that are better than others like high definition is just a fun track but it's you know, I wouldn't consider it like a great rap song. Paris Tokyo is like a, that's a good, that's a really good rap song, but I don't know that I call it a great rap song. It's just very good. Every, like he has so much on here that's very good. And he, then that is married to the songs that are truly great, like Dumb It Down um, and The Die and Hello Goodbye. Like these are, these are great rap songs. Um so for me, it's an it's an even nine. Um, I actually almost leaned to a nine point five, but I'll give it a nine um, because I want to save room. Because I, I we'll, we're going to get to other things from Lupe, and believe me, if there's an artist out there who's going to who's got tens on his resume, it's this this isn't an individual. So it's a nine for me. It's a ten for Arrow. That's the rating and review. What do you think, Errol? You think we did a pretty uh, decent job covering what we needed to cover? Man, we tried our best in two episodes. I mean, goddamn! I mean, six hours later, what, what can you do? I mean, you just do what you can do with it. But he's he's just a master. He's truly a master, and um, one of our favorite artists, no doubt about it. Errol's favorite artist, probably in my top top three, maybe top five, all time. So, just an amazing artist and a great album. Um, what do you say? Uh, anything else? Any closing thoughts, Errol? Before we close it up. Um. Yeah, no closing thoughts is uh if you if you listen to this but you haven't heard the track or uh the uh, album or anything, uh definitely worth a listen. His whole cattle his whole catalog is uh, I think it's pretty nice. Um the uh if you're like a here's the thing, we're not gonna be telling him we're not gonna be introducing him to anyone who doesn't already like who isn't like a hip hop head, you know what I mean? Yeah, true. Like you gotta like kinda know about him at least a little bit. And like that's the only thing, like you might like the if you haven't heard of them, you might like the commercial stuff more. But like, I think the better stuff, the real, the real meat lies in like the, uh, uh, all of the mixtapes and stuff like that. Where like it's um, I think I said in the last episode, man, I put this if, if 
if I had if I had to bet money on someone battle rapping, and it's just they're up against this guy, dude, I'd easily bet a paycheck. I'd, I'd oh pay yeah, pay, I'd pay a paycheck to watch him lose to someone because that means that <laughs> someone did some crazy. Somebody did something wild. Yeah, some ridiculous. Like where it's like, oh my god, like ever, like so. Not only like saying obscure references, but like obscure references that like everyone knows. Like you know what I mean? Like they were like you. If someone like beats him, then like it's literally like you're dealing with like a Shakespearean, like a borderline <laughs> like a, a mythical Savant. character who just yeah exactly who just decided to like I'm gonna use words today. Right. Like you know what I mean? Like that's I would I would pay a paycheck to I would bet it. I of course I'd bet that because I mean that dude's gonna lose. And if they don't, then I'm like, I'm not even upset. Like what the heck was that? Yeah, yeah, you definitely got your money's worth at that point, whatever it costs. But listen, it's a great album. It's it's literally probably one of the uh I put it in top, it's probably in the top 50 uh hip hop albums of all time, easily. Um, that being said, it's a nine for me. It's a 10 for Errol. It's a great album. If you haven't had a chance to go listen to it, um, if we're your introduction to Lupe, you could, you're in for a real treat. I'm actually pretty envious of you. That's it for us tonight. Um, we've gone on this album long enough. We've blown enough, enough smoke, uh, up the, uh, up the tush of this album. I mean, for good sake, we've just been praising it left, right. And at this point, I think you guys get the picture. It's great. It's a fantastic album. So Give it a listen uh, if you haven't. Thank you again for uh, joining us. We are officially on our uh, little break here while we get some development done on the podcast in terms of our social media. Um, closing notes for me, just going to be just going to hit the you know important points. You know where to find us at this point on X at peripheral V123, uh, soundcloud.com forward slash peripheral views 123. Uh, throw us in the search bar on your Apple podcast or your Spotify podcast uh, stream or feed. And uh, if you do, please hit subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave us a rating and review. It helps us out tremendously. We really appreciate any, any support you guys can give us. In the meantime, while you guys are waiting for us, keep an eye on the, on the social media we do have for any launches. We're going to have a website launch. We are going to be pushing into the YouTube space. We're going to be um, launching maybe a Facebook group. Um, threads page and instagram these types of things we're going to be announcing that as we get those things developed so just hang tight with us uh for a handful of weeks keep your eye on the social medias thank you again for joining us uh we'll we'll see you next time on the peripheral views podcast in a handful of weeks so thanks again folks we'll see you next time bye coolest nigga what Now hear this, I'm earless And I'm peerless That means I'm eyeless Which means I'm tearless Which means my iris resides where my ears is Which means I'm blinded But I'ma find it I can feel it's nearness But I'm a veer so I don't come near Like a chicken or a deer But I remember I'm not a listener or a seer So my windshield smear Here you stare, I really shouldn't be behind this Clearly cause my blindness The windshield is menstrual The whole grill is roadkill So trillin', so sincere Yeah I'm both them there To both pills when the bloke in the trench coat And the lokes in the cheer had approached them here Made it clear as a ghost So I bite of the dokes in the mirror The writer of the quotes for the ghosts Who supplier of the notes to the living Rivets in his rose Pockets full of posies Given to the mother of the deceased Awaken that wall till I'm resting in peace. Peace, 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 peace.
You going over niggas' heads, Lou They telling me that they don't feel you We ain't graduate from school, nigga Them big words ain't cool, nigga Yeah, I heard me and vicious, nigga Make a song for the bitches, nigga We don't care about the weather, nigga You'll sell more records if you And I'm mouthless, which means I'm soundless Now as far as the hearing I found it It was as far as the distance from an earring to the ground is But the door knockers on the ear of a stewardess in a leer She fine and she flying, I feel I'm flying by Cause my mind's on cloud nine and in the mind at the same time Pimp see the wings on the underground king Who's also Klingon to infinity and beyond Something really stinks but I spinks like Leon or lying in the desert, I flying on Pegasus, you flying on the pheasant. Write a other white powder, pick a other fire flower, spit hot fire like Dylan on Chappelle's skit. Yeah, smell it on my unicorn. Hey. Snort the white horse, but toot my own horn. Hey. Sleep. You done shedding too much light, Lou. You're making them wanna do right, Lou. They're getting self-esteem, Lou. These girls are trying to be queens, Lou. They're trying to graduate from school, Lou. They're starting to think that smart is cool, Lou. They're trying to get about the hood, Lou. I'll tell you what you should do. And I'm brainless, which means I'm headless. Like Ichabod Crane is. Or foreplay less sexist, which makes me saneless. With no neck left to hang a chain with. Which makes me necklace, less like a necklace death. And I ain't use my headrest yet. They said they need proof like a vest, less chest. About the best fair FF jet in the nest. Who exudes confidence and excess depth. Even Scuba Steve will find it hard to breathe around these leaves. My snorkel is a tuba, looter, ruler around these seas. West side beside him, west side beside him. Chest high and rising, almost touching the knees of stewardess and the pilot. Lucky they make you fly with personal floating devices, tricks falling out of my sleeves. David Blaine, make your brain, make a boat, I make a plane. Then I pull the plug and I make it drain. Hey. Until I feel like flowing and filling it up again. Hey. West side. You putting me to sleep, nigga. That's why you ain't popping in the streets, nigga. You ain't winning no awards, nigga. Robots and skateboards, nigga. GQ man of the year, G. Shit ain't rocking over here, B. Won't you talk about your cars, nigga? And what the fuck is go yard, nigga? Make it rain for the chicks. Post champagne on a bitch. What the fuck is wrong with you? How can I get on the song with you? Look, B. Here's my man, my two way. Push it right here, take this, put hey. that right there. What the fuck are my boys talking about, nigga? Hey, nigga, you hot to me. I like you. Bishop G, they told me I should come down, cousin, but I flatly refuse. I ain't dumb down, no.